Yes, hi, hello, welcome back to Gooncast. Um, Cat, I hate you. Ah, hey, hey now. I this this was this was your plan. Excuse one, one of them. The first one was mine. Uh, what's up, everybody? Um, yeah. I'm I'm Cat, aka the Attack Cat on Twitch. Um, and yeah, we're here for corn and corn alone. Yeah, I, I hope my mic is picking me up well enough, because this is the first time I've tried recording on location from deep in the corn. <laughs> and, and how is it over there uh, on the scene? Ah, uh, it's, it's a rough political climate, I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, we're here to talk about corn politics. Hell that, yeah. You know, that may sound and, uh, stupid, but I'll, I'll provide context when we get into it. I mean, no, it sounds stupid because it is stupid. It is, but I mean, <laughs> it sounds insane. And then I explain yeah. it, and then it's even more insane. Yeah. But at least it makes and, sense. And you may you may think that the context will clear some things up, but uh, you would mm. be mistaken. This mm. is why we did not clarify some statements about the Irish in our last episode. <laughs> yeah, this this was um, this episode probably was supposed to have been done like a couple weeks ago, but just yeah, we were. I mean, at least me, I was very angry. I mean, that's wait, understandable. Wait, wait, is that is that why? You, well, uh... that, partly busy, but also angry. I didn't want to talk. Okay. I, the, the, I, I hated the idea. I was so mad. I was so mad. <laughs> understandable. Uh-huh. Well, uh, we'll give some context. Yes. But, uh, yeah, for my part of this uh, this whole ordeal, this is your boy, Lealdo the Valley Jester. I'm a, uh, uh, I'm a very confused man today. <laughs> I don't want to state my qualifications because I feel like I have yeah. no ground to speak upon corn politics here. Yeah, you know, same. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, I'm yeah. Uh well, so who who wants to So okay, so we yeah, have I'll, Yeah, I'll, I'll kick things have, off cuz I also haven't introduced myself we yet. Have, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, I'm saying everybody, everybody knows who you are. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But like so th this started specifically because I was watching various different YouTube videos and just just one video from a channel I had never watched before called Horror Culture popped up into my feed and the video was the children of the corn movies are terrible. And I was like, this is known, sure, but you know, fuck it. It's talking about children of the corn. Let's throw it on. And he's specifically discussing the original 1980s film, the made for tv i think remake and then the more recent remake that i had completely forgotten about that was supposed to come out in theaters i guess in 2020 yeah and then the pandemic happened and instead of doing what everybody did which is put it on streaming the studio decided to sit on it for three years despite <laughs> it being a piece of shit before getting it out into theaters and that's what we watched. And specifically, like, I got through, like, his discussion of the first two movies, and I was listening to his, his discussion of the, 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 the most recent remake. And I got to a... He started talking about how the movie is about corn politics. And I quickly turned off the video. I was like, this sounds really dumb. I want to watch <laughs> this because we've been looking for garbage to watch because the 2023 has been too good for... for, for for movies. There's been too much too, too much yeah, good media. Too much quality content that we've been consuming. Yeah, so. and our, our our worst of lists were looking a little barren. So I was mm -hmm. like, hey, this mo this movie's about corn politics. This sounds like it could be dumb and entertaining. And then we watched it and it was dumb and entertaining. 
And mm-hmm. and we had the bright idea of pairing this with other corn related movies, which Cat picked out. Uh-huh. And that's why I'm angry. I, I need you all to chew on that idea for a moment, folks. We we were initially planning on an all corn themed episode uh-huh. of the Gooncast. And yeah. And two of the movies were so bad that it delayed us to the point where we actually consumed two other things that we're going to talk about as well. And I don't Um, mean corn like backwards K 90s new metal legends. We don't mean like Uh, corn is in like vegetable. Yeah, yeah, the vegetable. Yes, absolutely. It's great. It's great. I, uh, (laughs) I, I love that my, like, okay, I feel like I've recommended a couple of things that were, that you guys really, like, Erased is one that I know, like, I recommended and you guys really like. Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yes, yes. But (laughs) I feel like my legacy is (laughs) Grave Encounters 2 (laughs) and and The Maze. (laughs) Excuse me. And also, there's someone inside your house. Okay, so... But that one didn't make you as mad, right? No, it made, me, it? It made me just as mad. Oh, it made you just okay. No, okay, I'm, cool. I'm, then, I'm we, then we got a lot to talk though. about I'm because because here's the thing that we got a the, stew going. The thing the thing I recommended about there's someone in your, inside your house is that like I barely remembered that movie. All I remembered was that the the climax took place in a cornfield, and I was like, it's perfect. <laughs> That's our criteria. Yeah, yeah. Is now, corn involved? Sign us up. Perhaps perhaps you can all see why this did not maybe pan out for the most enthusiastic of episodes we were going to record a couple weeks ago. It was a really dumb (laughs) idea that that I I, had. Now, I guarantee you everybody... And then I butchered further. (laughs) I guarantee you all, for those of you who just started listening to this episode, the other two pieces of media we have to discuss in this episode are quite good, Uh but... We are going to make you navigate the corn maze first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I suppose for context... You got to eat your vegetables before you can get to your dessert. That's right. Children of the Clean corn. Your plates. Children of the mm-hmm. corn, for those who are unaware, is like a, a short story, I believe, by Stephen King that got turned into a horror movie and spawned a really long series of shitty horror movies. Like, like there's, there's like fucking like seven there's or eight of, of these fucking children of the corn mm-hmm. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the most recent one, which is a, a reboot. And I, I, I haven't seen the original in, in years and I have never read the short mm-hmm. story. I haven't seen the previous remake, but I know I remember enough about the original to know yeah. that the only thing that this movie has in common with the source material is corn <laughs> and and he who walks yep. behind the rose and killer mm-hmm. kids that's it yep. other than that it's a completely it could it almost serves like as an unrelated origin story it it could have almost maybe been an origin story for for the town of gatlin if it wasn't a standalone thing that's really dumb but funny well, yes. the, fun, the funny thing right off the bat is that if you ask if you ask people if they've seen Children of the Corn, their knee-jerk reaction, if they're like a horror fan, is always, oh yeah, of course I've seen Children of the Corn. Like, who hasn't? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, these people are actually thinking of Village of the Damned. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're right. That's I feel that's like they also... are very 
easily confused. They are. That's that's the one where they're all born on the same day, right? Yeah, yeah they're alien. They, like they're alien shithead kids. And... Yes. Yeah. Yes. I I I remember of the two murder children movies because I feel like I watched them very close together when I first saw Children of the Corn. Uh, I did prefer Village of the Damned, but I do remember Children of the Corn. Which which Village of the Damned did you see? The original or the remake? The eighties one. Nineties. Nineties. With Christopher Reeve. Yeah, the only thing I remember was the the creepy little white haired kids. Yeah, well, you watched a John yeah. Carpenter joint. Oh, very cool. The, the one from the sixties, fucking slaps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, okay, that was Christopher well. Reeve's last movie before he became uh, uh, paralyzed, if I'm not mistaken. It oh, also has a, a rare uh, a rare non Star Wars performance from Mark Hamill. I believe he plays a priest in that remake as well. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay, well, I guess I'll have to rewatch that because the only yeah, thing I remember was the movie was, the was stupid, but it was yeah. it was funny. Um, the movie starts out. <laughs> With um, Let's get this piece of shit out of the way so we can get to the good material. This, Absolutely. This this kind of teenager, like you see this shit little girl like playing out of outside of like an orphanage or whatever, and this like shithead kid comes in from like the cornfield. Forgot if he's covered in blood or not. He has like a knife or something. I don't fucking remember. He says some stupid shit and he goes inside and then off camera starts murdering the adults inside the orphanage, mm-hmm. the staff members and stuff. So law enforcement arrives, right? Now what now what would be the sensible thing you would think for law enforcement to handle this situation? Like kill you know, the like, children. Yeah, that's that's basically what they, they they literally just gas the entire building and kill all the fucking orphans, even though by this point, as far as we're aware, none of the kids are involved except for this one dude. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so so we're literally starting out in the funniest way possible with child murder. Um, calm down, Google guts. Yeah, yeah. Calm down. Calm down. And the only survivor is the little shit kid. If I recall, doesn't she make a bunch of Alice in Wonderland references? Yes, She's she yeah. does. The Red Queen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, it's like crash cut to like a few years later or whatever, or maybe months later. I don't fucking care. And um, the, the corn culture is is on the decline. And the the mm-hmm. government's gonna pay the adults to um remove all their corn and the kids mm-hmm. don't like that and the kids want to say in the vote so we get a scene of a bunch of adults bullying bullying literal eight-year-olds who want to say in keeping the corn yeah, the the kids want to go. We have a voice. We're people. We demand to be heard. And a bunch of like cranky old white people are going. No, you don't understand the corn culture. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's like an entire it's a really deep metaphor for our current social climate. It's it's an entire it's like true. five to ten minute scene of corn politics and children being bullied by adults. And also our lead, she's like a teenager, and she's like she's she's trying to get out of town so she can like. You know, not live in corn. And, like, <laughs> she wants to leave her family behind. And, I mean, I'm, I I don't know if it's the direction or maybe it's her, but she has, like, one facial expression where she looks like she's on the verge of tears throughout the entire fucking movie. Even, you know, even, yeah, even before... Yes. um, Even 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 before, uh, 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 like, shit hits the fan. And she is also on the side of keeping the corn? 
she's really interested in corn despite also wanting to leave I, um, I need to make a quick note about her almost it, like on the verge of tears face. If you go to Children of the Corn 2020's IMDb page, the first picture that pops up is that actress with about to cry face. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I, 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 Amazing. I love it. I am here for it. Um, yeah. So then, uh, you know, they they have their big stupid like town hall thing, and then she gets it in her mind that we can somehow get some some famous reporter to come to the yeah. town to um to shame the adults with like an article about like you know corn and what the adults are doing and and they look at her skill set and i brought up a screenshot of this because it's like you know oh yeah she's a news anchor sheila boyce and um it's it's like not LinkedIn, and and her skills are 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 presenting communications, researching, and journalism. And it's like journalism's a job that that shouldn't be in the skill set thing, as far as I'm aware, anyway. But doesn't matter. Dumb kids doing dumb kid shit, and then um, the kids convince the the older teenager people to be like, hey, we got to teach the adults a lesson, and they go along with it and then the, the teenager realizes oh no they're actually going to murder all the adults mm-hmm. um a bunch of stupid shit happens and there's a spooky corn demon made out of cgi and it's really funny at one point the corn demon rips a person in half and like kind of like shakes oh, yeah. shakes it over the cornfield it's like it doesn't even seem to eat people it just rips them in half and like shakes their bodies over the cornfield i don't know um feeding them blood it's feeding its brothers and sisters yeah there's a bunch of other stupid shit that happens uh cornfield sets on fire and spooky cgi dead kid jump scare who turns our our crying face teenager into corn or something Mm -hmm. oh yeah i i i might i might have skimmed over a lot of it i don't know it's on shutter shutter's like five bucks shutter sponsor us doesn't the entire cornfield blow up at the end yeah they set it on fire it burns down yeah yeah, yeah. which is what inspired me <laughs> to, yeah. to recommend the next couple movies yeah um because that cornfields burning or cornfields slash mazes burning down uh is is kind of the the through line there yeah um but yeah it was so i i i have i have very vague memories of the first uh the first adaptation like the first movie right with the 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 weird preacher kid and um the thing that bothered me i think the most about this one was how heavily they leaned on like the like spirit of the corn bullshit because it was just kind of like why you know i I, you know it doesn't matter it it doesn't matter corn corn politics stupid little kids Who, who, but like they and the, yeah. the little girl the like whole, built... the whole climax of the movie is this like cgi monster showing yeah, up like but... and you're just kind of like what the fuck is this shit like cloverfield to, like to, to our lead villain's credit not the corn monster but like the little girl like she's a little girl and like she seems like badly directed yes where she's yeah, not coming we... across as threatening or scary or intimidating yeah. just more of like an annoying we talked little about shit this, kid. 
Yeah, we talked about this that she seems like a really good actress. Yeah. But the 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 way she's being told to act in this specific role just isn't particularly compelling for a yeah. villain. Yeah, that's my complaint with it is like there's a lot of scenes where you can tell she's she'd be perfectly cast for this character and like trying to be mm-hmm. the unhinged like psychopath, you know, speaker for the corn. Mm-hmm. But you can tell just like something about the direction and the way she's being told to do X, Y, and Z is just not translating well. Yeah. 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 It's, Which, it's, it's you know, bad. definitely falls on the adult directors, not the child actor. We're, yeah. We're, we're saying she was very good. It's just that yeah, yeah, don't, she was don't, directed terribly. Don't be the townsfolk. Don't bully the yeah. kids. <laughs> yes. Even though the dead, even though the dead kids are funny, don't bully kids. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I mean, this is a Stephen King joint. Yeah, like we have to bully the kids. Yeah, well, I mean, oh, we do. You know true. But it's normally kids bullying kids, not, or you know, mm-hmm. like like an instance of a parental figure being an asshole, not an entire town hall being like, little kid thinks they have an opinion about court. Little kid about to cry. Little kid, it's like, what is this shit? They think they know corn. <laughs> is is it's it's really dumb. But it's it mm-hmm. was funny and it was entertaining. At least I thought. Anyway. Is yeah, it's, it wasn't the worst it, thing I've ever seen, but yeah, no, it's it's it was definitely fun to poke fun of or to get mad at. So yeah, now yeah, I mean, this, if you have Shutter, why not? <laughs> I mean, this one, it's it's kind of hitting on brand for Kurt Wimmer. Like he's he's the writer director. He's done some good films and he's done some bullshit. What has he done? I, uh. He wrote and directed Equilibrium. Oh. Um, he did Law Abiding Citizen with Gerard Butler. Oh. Um, but then at the same time, he's also responsible for Ultraviolet. Uh-huh. And Salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> so, I, I was gonna say, like that that already, like all of those are like borderline, like where like they each of them kind of like basically like lies on this like fucking you know very thin line of like equilibrium obviously tilts into good but then but yeah, it's still kind of like a questionable still, movie exactly it's still kind of jank and you're kind of like okay like when you first see it you're like oh gunkata's cool and then you like <laughs> stop for a minute and you're like wait, wait this is no, actually the stupidest thing i've ever <laughs> seen on screen but like but like when you're in the moment you're just like yeah it's, it's, it's fun i like i, I haven't yeah. seen it in forever but i i remember very much enjoying equilibrium it's just a dumb action movie yeah the 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 best part is um the fucking christian bale getting licked by that puppy yeah it's my favorite it's scene. great it's that stupid uh uh i think he's a saint bernard or something like that yeah puppy just like anyways being like be happy yeah oh, anyway <laughs> if, if, unless we have more to say we got a lot of corn to talk about <laughs> do do we have any final no. thoughts on Children of the Corn, or do we have anything more we want to say? I'm gonna give out about one more thing, um, mm-hmm. and that's that we don't need to see the fucking monsters. No, it's better. Yes. It's better when you don't. Yes, that's what um, I'm saying. Like, like you guys reminded me that like the 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 original had a supernatural element, but it was like at the very end, right? Very, kind very, of like, very end, and it was done it was with like, it. The effect subtle. is the the effect was shit. But yeah. like yes. it was, it was a still, kid was being crucified, it, and mm-hmm. like like black, red it was like, effects. It was like red energy. Yeah, right. it's, it's weird. It's but, a shitty effect, but it was, kinda, but it was, it was vague yeah. enough. 
Yeah, exactly. It was it was supposed to be like kind of vague and like kind of like oh you don't actually know like it, it basically confirmation that like something else was happening here, but you don't actually get told like it is this corn monster. But this movie just like like lays it all out in terrible CG. Sorry, Lee, you were saying no. It's all good. I so I I did some frustrated digging uh, mm. because this was just bugging me enough. I had to do a little looking into it. And apparently they do show the monster in the third Children of the Corn movie. Yeah, we don't talk so, about uh, we don't talk uh, about those sequels. Oh. Urban Harvest. We don't talk about the oh. where apparently okay. they, they do give you a look at the monster and it's just a dreadful piece of like schlock. Yeah, it sounds cool. about um, right. I do I, I do mean, remember you know, discussing the title Urban Harvest and liking yeah, it. Yeah, which great name, great yeah. name. Uh, it's very Jason Takes Manhattan. I was gonna uh, say, I was gonna say, it's like, yeah. Or or le- but, Leprechaun or... in the Hood. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the idea behind He Who Walks Behind the Rose is part of the bigger, like, Stephen King mythos of they're all the same character. They're all this same supernatural, like, satanic being. Randall Flagg, mm-hmm. um... He who walks behind the rose, uh, a bunch of different villains from his other stories are all implied to be the same evil character just popping up and getting up to no good. Mm. But I feel like if you're just representing this omnipresent, omniscient being as a CG cornstalk monster, I <laughs> I feel like you're you're missing the corn maze for the. <laughs> for the look, stocks <laughs> look there's an analogy in there somewhere and i'm not gonna waste my brain cell on this fucking movie yeah you gotta waste your brain cells on our next two hey all right so which one order which one do we want to talk order. about first? so we're talking about the movie that fucking lies <laughs> uh-huh. thank you for this one Kat. uh-huh yeah 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 you're welcome so, so yeah okay all right, so let me give let me give my history with this real quick, and then somebody else can can explain what happens in it. Um, so this was this is a this is a Netflix movie, um, and it's called "There's Someone Inside Your House." That is the title of it. Um, I remember watching it, and then I immediately forgot the title because I was just like, like it's such a generic title, first of all, and second of all, it only applies. To maybe twenty percent of the film, <laughs> not even it, it applies that's to the first generous. scene of the movie, and that's <laughs> yeah. it. The the first scene of the movie, and then they try to like tease you with like the main character hearing like her her grandma or aunt, I forget how they're it's related. Grandma. Her, her yeah, her grandma like moving around at night, and then it's like, oh, that wasn't grandma. Oh no, somebody else here. But like, it's never somebody else actually yeah until like the very end yeah it's 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 yeah the title the title is why a part of the reason why i'm so fucking angry is because (laughs) the title the title implies like oh this could be like a like a a one a stranger calls type moment you Uh know like or the you know the the babysitter and the man upstairs or like Mm -hmm. something some sort of like thriller of like trying to evade or survive while, like, you know, somebody's trying to break in. Or, like, you know that movie Hush mm-hmm. with the deaf, yes. the deaf lady? You know, something yes. like that. That's kind of what, uh-huh. what I was expecting great movie. From, uh, from, from the title. And mm-hmm. instead, we get... we Because apparently this is based on a novel, and I'll get into that in a second. Yes. But, like, we mm-hmm. get 
the first scene of it, the movie doing that, and then the rest of the movie is 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 none of that. And it's it's yep. it's it's boomers thinking how millennials talk, <laughs> and yeah. oh, it's yeah. it it's really 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 pandering and dumb and and it's like this the 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 fake woke bullshit that Hollywood tries yes. to do. Yes, and like. Yeah, they, yeah, they also very explicitly, like, the, most of the initial murder, so, like, the whole, like, the gist of it is there's a serial killer in town who is targeting people with secrets. Yeah. Um, and, like, initially, the the secrets are, like, the first guy who dies, I think he, like, bullied a kid and, like, like, like beat him almost to death or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then the second girl who dies is, like... A closeted racist or something? Yeah, like, she she puts on a face where she's, like, trying to pretend to be, like, the super with it, like, class president type, like, yeah. like A-type person, where, like, there's a scene where she goes out of her way to, like, call out the, the like, non-binary person in class and be like, we're so supportive, but, like... But like using really coded language that's like, oh, she's actually not supportive of it. Um, and then like her death scene is like she's in church getting stuff ready, and the serial killer shows up and starts playing a podcast that is like themed around like the KKK, and it's really clear that it's her voice on the podcast. And it's really clear that, like, she's just, she's, like, a horrible racist. Like, to cartoony levels yeah. of horrible her, racism. Her favorite Final Fantasy character is Waka. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, it was just, like, it was so, it was so, like, outlandish. And then, like, and you think, like, okay, maybe they'll actually do something about that, with that. Because, like, I know there have been a couple of movies, like, um... I mean, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was one that I mentioned that, like, it on the surface, it does seem like that, like, boomers writing millennials, or not millennials, boomers writing Gen Z mm -hmm. um, type thing. But, like, once you actually start, like, if you actually get into it and watch it, like, it's like, oh, this is kind of actually a critique of this culture. And, like, it's, like, but, and done in a really clever way. Um, so, like, at first you're like, oh, maybe that's where they're going. But no. It's not. <laughs> yeah, the next victim is, like, a secret drug addict, I think. Yeah. I don't remember. Like, and then, then it... It's it, like nothing. And, and it happens at a... They, they have a... They have a party at one of their friend's mansions. Who's a who, dude who, like, gets picked on all the time. Uh -huh. But he's still, like, cool enough that he throws a party and the entire school shows up. And he has, yeah. and he has a, a closet of Nazi memorabilia it, that everybody yeah, his, gets excited about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his his dad collects Nazi memorabilia that he has then converted into things to smoke weed out of. Um. So yeah, why not? And then yeah, at this house party, the serial killer shows up and murders like one of their friend group because he did drugs or something. He was as as far as I recall, he wasn't like a drug addict he no. like he had he was a pill popper that it seems mm -hmm. like started as a legitimate thing he had to do and then like mm -hmm. got carried away with it mm -hmm. i don't i don't remember exactly it, it, it doesn't it's fuck 
fuck. Yeah, it was it was very weird. But you you all might be wondering why it why it's on this uh this corn podcast. <laughs> yes, and that's because the star is Sydney Park, who is also in our favorite film, <laughs> Wish Upon. Yeah. Yes. Correct. Correct. Um, but the yeah, so she she plays this girl who her big secret is that she like almost burned a girl to death in a like yeah there was a there was a like a hazing thing it was it was a hazing and a bonfire but but it was it was she was getting hazed and then like while she was getting hazed she shoved one of the girls into the fire yeah right like she wasn't doing the hazing yeah she shoved the girl to get her off of her and the girl fell in the fire Mm -hmm. and it was Mm -hmm. it was it was really from what i remember it was comically like stephen king high school bullying of a hazing ritual and i was like come the fuck on all right yeah like absolutely but yeah Yeah. anyways uh yeah so get to the corn corn maze yes so the the climax of the movie happens uh in a cornfield, which yeah, they no. they do set up beforehand because she goes with the like school shooter guy who we haven't mentioned before then. He's the big red herring of the movie. Yeah, and everybody like, keeps going, Oh, he looks like a school shooter. Yeah, oh, oh he's oh, he's yeah, totally yeah, no. the serial killer because he looks like he'd be a serial killer, and it's like, yeah, he's not. He's obviously not. Um but yeah, so they go they go to they go to this corn maze. There's also, I think, some element of corn politics in there where like they're talking about like people selling off like 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 the rich kid's dad has been buying people's land, like running them off so, the, uh, you, the yeah, farmland does, or something like some, that. Some stupid shit like that, yeah. Whatever. They it ties it ties in even more than we had thought initially, but um but yeah, and then uh uh the climax of the movie is the serial killer is revealed and it's the rich it's the rich kid with the mansion and he like kills his dad and has a big monologue um and all this happens while the corn maze is burning yeah the and they, they they drove a car into they a drive a car corn through maze. the burning corn maze <laughs> yeah i um, love it yeah and it's 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 one of the i i the, it's the only reason i remembered this movie because it was one of the dumbest fucking climaxes yeah, it's, i had seen in recent memories <laughs> i i really fucking hated this movie because every character was fucking insufferable and just yeah the title was a lie and the movie was mm-hmm. dumb and mm-hmm. and then looking into it and i mentioned this to you guys a few weeks ago like the day after we watched this fucking movie because Wikipedia doesn't have a fucking plot summary of the novel, but I found a plot mm. summary of the novel, and assuming that this is oh. accurate, uh-huh. outside of this, the the title and and from what it seems like, there's there's a handful of the characters who are the same. Uh it's a completely different product, and the killer is completely different, and the motive for the killer is mm. completely different, and the hazing mm. ritual, the the fucking the tragic hazing ritual thing, right? It it's actually mm. much more turned down and like makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh like hold on. Yeah. So like the the the, the hazing ritual in in the novel is uh uh she she viciously she actually was part of the, the hazing ritual and she okay. viciously okay. cut her ex best friend's hair with a knife and she got charged with assault. Oh. Yeah, okay. that's much more yeah exactly that's and that's because 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 one it's like it's not 
it's not insane levels of bodily harm, but two, it is something that like if somebody wanted to, they could charge you with yeah with assault. And that's 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 so. not that's not outside the realm of plausibility. Exactly. Uh, the killer. I don't think there's a, a representation of the the, the the killer's character. The killer's some dude named David. I don't see anybody yeah. named David in the cast list of this movie. And apparently, yeah. David's motivation, I guess, in the book, is uh, he's he's basically attacking people who kind of like have aspirations to leave the town and kind of have like talent to like leave oh. and whatnot. Not some. Oh, everybody's got a secret and them them them. From what I can tell, you can't the, leave Corn Town. The title, so the title is still a fucking lie because okay. it's also called "There's Someone Inside Your House," and the the novel's not fucking about that. Outside of like the opening <laughs> fucking scene. Damn it! Damn it, guys! So even the novel gets okay, that but wrong. Wait, how can this title possibly be a metaphor? What if the house <laughs> I, is corn? Is uh-huh. It's the house is corn. <laughs> I was going to ask you guys. Oh, the corn could, maze is you... in the novel. According to the summary. Oh, so, oh shit. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. But if you guys could retitle this movie to better fit, what would you call it? Obnoxious um, assholes being pretentious. <laughs> I okay. would I would do a play off of the fact that it's about social representation and the fact that the killer makes masks out of like oh. to mimic the victim. I would uh-huh. call it the masks we wear. Ooh, that's really good. I would call I... it Dirty Little Secret. Ooh. Okay. I would call it Liar, Liar, Corn on Fire. <laughs> that's the best. Print it. That's the... <laughs> it's not too late to change the title of the episode. <laughs> oh, my. Now, you know what? Just because of that, I now want to put this in the Goonflix watch, watch, watch history thing. Okay. Excellent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone else. You're gonna be just as mad. <laughs> yeah, this this movie, as all of us were. This movie. This movie it's... made me so fucking mad, and yeah. it's just lazy garbage from fucking hack screenwriters who fucking are are trying to like get get backpats and like they don't know how kids talk. It's really yeah. dumb, and I hate it. I hate it. Just just write them like normal fucking people. For fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah, seriously. Like just stop it. Seriously. Stop it. I hate this movie. I hate it. I've already blocked out so much of the movie. And the little <laughs> I can remember of it is like coming back and making me angry. What what is it about like with with movies like this that it's so easy for the characters to become like caricatures? Like yeah. they just I I, I adore the interview that George Martin did, uh, I forgot what talk show he was on, but um, the the interviewer asked him, like, you know, George, you're like you're renowned for writing some of the best like female characters in in fiction, and a lot of guys apparently have a problem writing female characters. Like, what's your advice to them? And he says, like, well, first I treat them like human beings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, first I consider women people. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 just like, yeah, guys, like it's it's a bunch of just really fucking incompetent people who who think that they're too smart or something. I don't I don't fucking know. It it also it also really smacks of like, especially in this case, since it's it's from Netflix. Like, I feel like Netflix has this problem where there's some committee basically of like CEOs who are like, we have a checklist and we want 
Like, these are the things that we want from a Netflix original. And occasionally you get stuff that slips through, like Mike Flanagan stuff, or like, um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like you know, I mean, Stranger Things, I think, has very much, like, the Duffer Brothers fingerprints all over it. Yeah. Um, but I think for the most part, when it's these kind of, like, no, like, you know, like, it's just another director doing another horror movie for Netflix. It's yeah. like, it's going to have the same exact kind of like pattern and style. It's like, it's like they have a style, they have like an internal style guide Yeah, and it's a we, bad style guide. <laughs> we need, we need one eighties throwback. We need mm-hmm. one synth wave song. Mm-hmm. We need one glimpse of side boob and someone mm-hmm. needs to floss. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's printed. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that it, I'm sure that their fucking their their committee is just entirely fucking dictated by a fucking algorithm and that's it. And just yeah. whatever keeps you know? retention and watching cuz like Yeah, probably I, honestly. Almost everything I, that I hate about this movie is the same shit that I fucking hated with Fear that Street. That you hated about Fear Street. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's it has a very similar vibe to Fear Street. It has a very similar vibe to like a couple of the other ones that are just like on there. And yeah, it's just kind of like it's they just turn off the schlock that's like, yep, it'll it'll put butts in subscription seats. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's 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 and but at the, the, the one thing I can say about it is at least it's something you've you could potentially have heard of, yeah. unlike our next film. <laughs> yeah, let's roll tide. Yeah, because I okay. fuck this movie and also yeah. fuck the next movie, but still. Yes. Yes. So, Kat, explain um, how you're at fault. <laughs> okay. So, I... All right. So, I watched this movie back in college. So, I think, like, when it came out. I think it just came came out immediately onto a streaming service. But this was, like... This is an insanely low-budget movie. And I remember when I watched it at the time, like... um, I really got a kick out of it. <laughs> Because I think it was, like, it was so nothing. And, like, it was so, like... It's so boring. It's so... It's, it's like, they're... Okay, so, first of all, it's almost impossible to find as well. Because it's called The Maze. And it's so not famous that the first thing that comes up when you Google The Maze movie is... Did you mean Maze Runner? And I'm like, no, I didn't mean Maze Runner. You know, funny, funny thing that you say that, too, Kat... Yeah. Is I was on Rio's channel in chat, right? And I was mentioning, mm-hmm. joking about corn politics, and I mentioned that, oh, I watched The Maze. And Rio goes, oh, do you mean The Maze Runner? I was like, no. <laughs> no, I mean The Maze. Yes, yes. Exactly, exactly. That's the thing. So, yeah. Um... This movie is so fucking obscure that the only <laughs> member of the cast or crew with a Wikipedia article <laughs> is the cinematographer and it links to the wrong page of some dude who died a hundred years ago. Which you could explain the cinematography. The, or the lack they, thereof. They, they, yeah, they got all their cinematography from like a Ouija board. Yeah, it's it's it links talking to this guy. Yeah, it links to the Wikipedia page of some 19th century American physician and businessman who served yeah. as the first mayor of Boise, Idaho. <laughs> Um, he was killed after but, being run over by a streetcar in Ohio. But but yeah, so I actually I own this movie because Why? I own 
I own a I own a bunch of movies from that era because I I was an animation major. And so um a lot of times like where I had to work, especially when I was doing like stop motion or if I was doing like anything that required me to kind of like be in the labs and be like like in the 3D labs rendering stuff all night, you couldn't use uh the network because that would slow your render down. <laughs> And then, you know, also it was just like, so I had a bunch of, I had a bunch of like cheap, like garbage movies that I could put on in the background while I was doing these like, you know, repetitive animation tasks. Uh, and this was one of them but, because... But why would you ever want to put this on again? Uh, <laughs> because I, because I thought it was funny. <laughs> uh. um, so yeah, like it is... It's one of those things where, like, I it, the budget is uh, two hundred thousand. Yeah, two hundred k. It's 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 a very low budget movie. And it I, shows. This fucking Wikipedia page is full of shit. I do not believe this was released in a single theater. It says it was released in theaters. No, you are I, a liar, sir. That that's the thing. I don't think so either because, like, I I. I know I saw it in college, which was like 2010s ish. So, and I, I saw it, I saw it like, st it was like straight onto Netflix, basically. And this was back in the day where like streaming stuff on Netflix was like mostly garbage. <laughs> this thing's got a 3.8 on IMDb, and I'm not okay with that. No. Damn. It, this damn. needs to be lower than Axum, goddammit. <laughs> um, but, but okay, but since you brought up Axum, to me, it has a very, it holds a very similar spot to Axum, Fair. where it's like somebody tried. Somebody you know, tried, like, sure. This was like this Effort. was like a crew. Yeah, this was like a crew of like twenty people, and damn it, they're like, let's make a movie, and they were like, we're making a movie, and we're then they made a, a movie, movie about five teenagers, all of whom are played by people <laughs> played in their thirties to forties, played by forty-year-olds, yeah. correct? <laughs> uh, and when when the climax of the movie happens. Uh, you look at the watch and you realize there's a half an hour left. So yes, there is there is another uh, shared thematic element between this and Children of the Corn, mm. and that's that both have the sub theme of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, yes, so I forgot about that. In Children that. of the Corn, this is this is shown to us through. The girl idolizing the Red Queen and wanting to be a vicious psychopathic tyrant. All hail Lord Bane. <laughs> this movie, um, I guess the corn maze is Wonderland themed. Yes. So the extent that they take this to is just like there's a bunch of dark scenes where you can't really tell what's going on, but there's like a standee of the Mad Hatter or something. <laughs> yes. We haven't even and described the plot yet. I kept waiting either. for like, okay. If you're going to have the maze be Wonderland themed, cool. But like lean into it. Yeah. Have have some yeah. of the kills be like, you know, oh, drink me and and it's like a vial of acid or well, something. Well, we had dumb. we had the tiny and then guillotine. We get to the we guillotine. <laughs> then finally, I I got my moment. I said, "Oh, there we go." Here's the Wonderland call out. And this killer like took one shop class in high school and like got stoned and missed half of the classes in the semester. So he, he C plus at best. Mm -hmm. And he built his own rickety little shitty guillotine 
that is so small and janky, the weight of the blade being dropped is not enough to decapitate someone. He had to grab the blade with his hands and shove it down on somebody like you're angrily <laughs> shutting a window at the DMV and saying, good day, sir. Yeah. So the premise of the, 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 the movie is five mm -hmm. air quotes teenagers air quotes mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sneak into a corn maze to play a game of tag yep and there happens to be a psychopathic killer in the maze who starts mm -hmm. eventually tracking them down after about 40 minutes of nothing happening <laughs> um mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then he kills them all in about the span of 10 minutes and the corn maze is caught on fire and our yeah. final girl escapes and is taken to the police station and uh we get what a, a road we get we the, the killer survived and we get uh -huh. like a 5 to 10 minute sequence of a road movie of him hitchhiking to get back into town from the corn maze Oh, and we get James the big reveal. So angry at this we get the big reveal that he's actually one of like the three cops in town. Yep. And the other two cops conveniently decide to leave the station for <laughs> to investigate the corn maze or something, leaving our final girl with the killer. And the girl doesn't know who the killer is because the killer had a stupid hoodie on and his face was obscured. But mm -hmm. the cop is like I'm going to, like, finish the job or be whatever. And he has, like, an opportunity to kill her, but he doesn't. And instead just, like, knocks her out to set up some another elaborate trap. Actually, that's another thing that, that this movie has in common for Children of the Corn. Mm. The killer having the opportunity to kill the person and instead mm -hmm. knocks them out to set up a different method. Because in yeah. Children of the Corn... They right. they they rounded up all the adults and threw them in a prison cell, and then like we're like okay you know the kids are just gonna kill the the adults here right mm -hmm. and instead the kids gas the adults and then they wake up in a pit and the kids fill the pit with dirt and like the adults die the minute dirt hits them because yeah anyways um. The killer and the girl have like a confrontation, and like the girl and she, the killer's like, nobody's gonna believe you. And the girl's like, I'm recording everything or something. And it's, I, I don't care. The the <laughs> yeah, entire, yeah. I was so angry at the last half hour, just wanting yeah. the movie to die. Yes, it was over. Yes. We had our Cause... fucking climax. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, it also is very much like, it feels like... It's 86 draft... minutes, yeah, and it was it feels, so it feels slow. Like, but, like, but the script is, like, a 30-minute script, basically. Like, the you know, the, the, way, the way things play out and the amount of, like, content in the movie is, like, this is, this is, like, a TV episode, maybe. This is like an X-Files episode. It's an amateur horror director's, like, 25-minute reel yeah. yes. that got stretched out into a feature-length film. Exactly, exactly. And, yeah, it's just, it's it's terrible, guys. <laughs> like, it's so bad. It's so, and, it's so bad. But it's, like, it's, it's, it's one of my, like, 
I wouldn't even call it a guilty pleasure. Because I don't actually get any pleasure from watching it. I haven't seen it in ages. It's just oh. something where I'm like, this is so bad that I'm just... I'm, it's just you're guilty. I'm, I'm subjecting I'm like, us to this. I'm ecstatic uh, from how, like, how bad this is. Like, I'm I, just like, ho, ho, ho. I just realized what movie I need to subject you to. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. So I was thinking about this because I'm like, wow, the only movie that I can remember that I've outright recommended to you guys was Train to Busan, and which is a fucking uh -huh. great movie. Yeah, that's great. And I'm like, I gotta think of some dreck that I can show them. Absolutely. Have either of you seen Reeker? Reeker. No. It's from 2005. I'm not gonna spoil much of it because I want you to just go into it. But it's a slasher film that takes place at like a truck stop. Oh. And the monster is like this supernatural hooded figure that just reeks of fart gas all the time. Oh, wait, you told me about this and, one. And like when he shows up, he's got like visible stink lines in like an aura radiating all off. Right. Michael, because we were talking about Michael Ironside and he's in this. Oh. I know what we're pairing this with. Then. I gotta show you guys. Amazing. I know what we're gonna pair this Let's with. Okay. Then. okay. We're gonna pair this with one that I haven't seen, but I've seen Mr. GG review it. I th I'm, and I think I told you about this one, Cat. It's called mm. The Hatred. It has a a Andrew Devoff in it for about five minutes. As it's oh, it's about like a spooky one. Nazi oh. artifact that's haunted oh. by a ghost or oh, something. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's from what I've seen of Mr. Gigi's review, it's it's pretty it's pretty pretty fucking awful. Yeah. Oh, this will be a great double feature. Yeah, Good and then part. we'll probably pair I'm it with ready. something. I've been treating yeah. you guys too well. I gotta subject you to Reeker. Yeah. It's true, you have. I still I still I really wanna I really wanna get a, a deathbed the bed that eats in here. We'll make it I... a triple feature. <laughs> That'll be the triple feature. We all recommend a shitty film to each other. <laughs> Although the, the kicker here is I haven't seen The Hatred. I've only seen a review of it. If I really wanted to subject you, I mean, I think Lee's seen this. It wouldn't work. But like my, my least favorite movie of all time is mm -hmm. the uh, 2006, 2007 remake of Black Christmas. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I've seen that one, too fucking dreadful that's the one with um what's his face is the professor right carrie no you're confusing no? it again that's you're thinking oh. of the second black christmas remake oh <laughs> you're, you're talking about the one that came out two or three years ago god damn it no it's been longer than that what are you talking about no yeah this one's this one's got um mary elizabeth winstead and michelle oh! trachtenberg Okay, I have I have seen that one as well, but yes. Yeah, this okay, never mind then. Yeah, this is this is the one where the killer is, is an incest baby. Because, oh god. Because why All not? The best ones are. Yeah. He's an incest baby and then creates another incest baby who's his sister daughter. <laughs> yeah. Oops, all incest babies. And they and on top of killing people, they um they they cut out people's flesh and turn them into Christmas cookies. And it's really fucking awful. Oh. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, Amazing. it's 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 fucking it's fucking abysmal. All right, we'll stick with the hatred then. Anyways, um mm -hmm. do we have any Let's talk about good shit. Yeah, do, do we have anything else we want to talk about with the maze or can we just let it no. die? We can let it die. <laughs> uh, when it comes to corn politics, I lean to the left. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so 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 between final question though. I know mm -hmm. your answer, but we got to cement it. 
between our mm-hmm. three corn political films, which one would you recommend if you had to? Oh, God. My answer might not be the one you'd expect. Oh, really? Uh, if you recommend the maze, I swear to God. <laughs> I I would I would probably I'm not gonna recommend the maze because I know uh I know how bad it is and I know that I am a very special type of viewer that just gets like shoutenfroud from <laughs> making other people suffer. Indeed, indeed. As as seen with Grave Encounters too. I'll never um, forget but... you. <laughs> but uh i think i would probably recommend uh the children of the corn one correct answer lee tell me yeah. why you're wrong uh i would recommend there's someone inside <laughs> fuck you <laughs> fuck you it, because it, i think there's a, a deep metaphor somewhere <laughs> in the corn fuck you it's, for the it's, social climate that we live in it doesn't have children being bullied by a 40 year old adult in a fucking town hall That's, meeting okay no but yeah. it's got a kid turning nazi memorabilia into a <laughs> yeah here's the thing like like i feel like uh the children of the corner remake is the is the one that's like the most middle of the road like not watching it ironically but also not watching not just hate watching it kind of like like it's like you can get you can you can have fun and you can hate it at the same time whereas like both of the other two i feel like are more they like like one of them tries harder and fails harder and one of them one of them is there uh there's something in your house my <laughs> my, my pick for best of the worst is vampire assassin <laughs> not on the menu but it will be We'll make it oh, a quadruple shit. feature. Oh shit! Well, we also gotta watch that other vampire one that uh, Lee mentioned that they just did on Best of the Worst. Oh, oh no, that's right? dreadful. There's no need to watch that. Okay. <laughs> I was just kind of stoked because usually I find out about bad shit through RLM. That's true. That sometimes when I boot up a Best of the Worst and go, oh mm-hmm. shit, I've seen this one. Yeah. <laughs> that I know yes. it's trouble. Yeah. I yeah no that. That's always fun. There's a there's a couple that they've watched that I discovered originally through um, Mr. Science Theater or uh, Rift Tracks. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's good. That's good shit. <laughs> All right. Should we talk about good stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Let's um. So let's, let's talk, talk about, about Urban love. Harvest. <laughs> God damn it. Let us talk about love. Sweet <laughs> love. <laughs> Uh, James, you want to? No, I'm just letting uh, things like pan out awkwardly until someone says something. Percolate. Yeah. Uh. Well, I mean, okay. We so... watched. We watched the the Kaguya miniseries movie thing. Yeah. The first kiss that never ends. Yeah. It was. So, yeah. Fucking yeah. It was, for those of you who um maybe only like tune in to catch our our horror or like video game opinions mm-hmm. um kaguya-sama love is war is a delightful romance comedy anime that we all fucking love yeah and, and none of uh, us thought we would love it because none of us are into that genre and i barely watch anime yeah yep. and it's just like oh wait no that it's really good <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's absurd and uh yeah this is the continuation of where the last season dropped off mm-hmm. it's a four episode 
miniseries that was initially like spliced together as a single movie for J- Japanese release. Uh, and it covers like a single small little arc that follows up where the end, where season three ended, which is basically a uh, spoilers uh, Kaguya and Miyuki navigating their relationship after they kissed for the first time. And, and Kaguya slipping him the tongue. <laughs> because she's a war criminal. <laughs> because she's a tyrant. Yeah. And yeah. the whole thing's it's it's like a little Christmas movie too, because it's all set around uh the holidays, Christmas season and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's it's basically the uh the continued exploits of the two of them being really, really, really fucking stupid. Yes, yes. I yeah. she slipped me the tongue. Oh, does she like me? Yes. <laughs> yes, shut up. <laughs> Um, get in the, yeah, get I in the had, robot. I, I, okay, I, I will say, I really, I loved, I loved these couple episodes. They were great. Um, the things I'm going to say that I'm like, I'm like, I had problems with this. Yeah. Are not the usual way I have problems with things. It's like, I'm mad at these characters, not I'm mad at the writing. Yes. The, the care, the writing is really good. The, the, everything that happens is great, but damn, it's like too real sometimes. Yeah. Where it's just like the, like. And I know, I know we have kind of like a joking competition of like, oh, who's the best girl, Hayasaka or uh, Chika kind of thing. Um, but like, for me, Hayasaka starts to lean into like, some pretty not great stuff in like, well. There's some questionable decisions. Yeah, yeah. Like, like her, her whole being like, oh, I'll, I'll bet you I can win over win him over before you can like in one night is just like that's to pretty be, shitty to be fair Kagi is the one who challenged her to that yes but uh her, her uh, trying pers- her trying from, to continue to do it from personal experience like i know somebody who used like like basically like n- not to get too personal but it's something I've seen happen, and it sucks when you have to pick up the pieces for your friend who oh, for sure. got betrayed mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. such a horrible way because somebody who thought they like somebody who they thought was their best friend who was like checking out this boy for them started sleeping with the boy instead. Oh, for sure. And it's just like, yeah, this this is pretty shitty. So, uh, she does something very similar at the start of this, which is like when Kagi is so excited about the kiss, she's the one who's immediately like, "You fucked up." And, like, you did this wrong. And it's just, like, and that's sort of what breaks Kaguya and causes her to to be a- an absolute fucking nightmare for, like, two episodes. Yeah, which which causes the uprising of this series' most powerful villain to date. Little Kaguya? <laughs> the Ice Queen. Oh. Yes. Oh, Little Kaguya. Yes. Little Kaguya gives me life. But but like it's that and and then you know like and I, I mentioned while we were watching it I was like I I kind of hope that they start actually leaning into Hayasaka as like being the villain of the series or something like that or being a heel because like otherwise this behavior from a friend or from a supposed like good character uh, feels really gross to me personally. <laughs> um, but then she does something later that's like really fucking sweet. So it's like I feel like it's it, it, it's you, heartbreaking. You, you hit- 
you hit the nail right on the head of like it's not a frustration with the writer by any means because it's done very well it's a frustration with the character's decision making yes yes and the important thing to remember i guess in that same vein is these are fucking kids yeah yes exactly they're teenagers and they don't understand they don't and also like and and they've then neither of them has ever been in a relationship before so it's just like yeah. oh my god they're making they're making like the same fucking mistakes that i made in high school right. you know and it's just like this is this is painful to watch at points because yeah. that just what like hurts the most about yeah. it is i see miyuki doing things <laughs> and like i see 16 year old oh. lee in it oh and i'm like god. oh yes yeah. the, the, like and kagi because like basically like what like once once hyasaka kind of like you know is kind of manipulative and does kind of like cause her to have to like spiral like but kaguya's response to that is like oh if he really likes me he'll like me for my terrible personality and it's like no (laughs) oh yeah like if you can't handle me at my bleh you don't deserve me at my meh exactly and you're just like you're just like wow that's that's like such an immature terrible thing to do to somebody and it's like wow yeah because she's like 17. She's, she's <laughs> 17. Sorry, not sorry. She's 17 I'm like, I get and it. she's a super villain. Yes. Yes. She, and I'm like, she... I get it, but like, oh, it's so pain. Because I'm like, I've definitely, I've definitely been there where I'm like, wow, nobody, nobody would like me if I actually show people who I really am. And it's like, no, no, no. Shush. Now, <laughs> like, now uh... here's, here's one thing I, I, I don't think I've mentioned about the series that really shines through in moments like these. Typically, in any coming-of-age, slice-of-life sort of, you know, confused love feelings for the first-time situation, you would always have an older, mature character to give them direction and guide them. They do not have this. They have Papa Shirogane. Yeah, who is an actual warlock now. Who is actually a warlock now. (laughs) Who has developed his dark arts. Like, I, I like that twist on it because typically you have yeah. that older, wiser mentor to be like, oh, son, yes. sit down and let me tell you about X, Y, and Z. Yes, yes. And, then... and and that's the thing is, like, they, they, they like, they kind of, like, turn that trope on its head a little bit in that, like, Kagi is like, I need advice from people. And she goes to, like, other kids her age who are just as fucking dumb and clueless as she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. But, like, also, oh, is it painful? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's dumb teenagers, book, book smart teenagers doing really, really, really dumb shit because it's their first time doing anything like this. And also, especially like with like the cultural differences and, and everything like that as well, because I'm not familiar with Japanese teenage life. So I'm assuming there's sure. some, some level of repression, uh, yeah, yeah. but like, I don't, I don't know, maybe I, I, don't, I don't know, but yeah. like it's, it's. It's still funny, and and the the mm. the dramatic moments rip your fucking heart out. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. too real. And and also since we mentioned it with the you know Children of the Corn and like the the Please you know stop. the Netflix movies and stuff. I don't want to talk about those anymore. Well, no, spe- specifically like how to write kids. Oh yes, right because like. Mm-hmm. Like when we watch Kaguya, we're not immediately sitting there going, "These people are teenagers." It's like they're written really well, yeah. and then they do things, and you're frustrated by what they're doing, but then you kind of remember, like, "Oh yeah, because they're in high school," yeah. you know, like <laughs> they're high schoolers, and it's just like that's that's all that's all you really need to do, you know, yeah. like you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to write them like. Like, how do you do fellow kids? Yeah, which, which is really... which is a lot of problem in modern modern media. It's like, 
Exactly, it's, exactly. But like Kage is the perfect example of like they're written like people. Yeah, first. that's that's kind of like one of the things too. Like if you compare it to like older teen, older movies about teenagers, right? Like mm-hmm. stuff like uh, Clueless or yeah. the John Hughes stuff, right? Yeah, you can like yeah. or dislike those movies. It's fine. It's totally mm-hmm. whatever. But they feel like characters, and they feel like real yes. people, and they feel like dumb teenagers doing dumb teenagers mm-hmm. stuff. Not mm-hmm. hello, hello, fellow kids. Shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's very it's very frustrating. But like, I'm fine yeah. with being frustrated at a character being stupid because that's what yeah. they oh, are. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yes, exactly. It's, it's like as we see in like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, you know, with fucking uh, <laughs> Okayasu. He's the dumbest motherfucker, but like we oh, love him yeah. because he's so dumb. Yeah, or he's like also the best boy. Yeah. Or, like, Ishigami says and does fucked up shit sometimes, but it's like, you can Mm -hmm. also put yourself in his headspace because he's a dumb teenager who's gone through some shit. It's like, Mm -hmm. he's not, like, malicious of intent or whatever. And, like, I can totally see where Miyuki's coming from of of him being like, I'm not good enough. I need to, like, Mm -hmm. improve. Otherwise, like, if, you know, that sort of thing. It's, 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 it's strong writing. And and also little Kaguya has it, that that scene was <laughs> little Kaguya like really quickly launched into being one of my favorite characters in the whole show. My 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 yes. my my favorite is just Miko Ino walking in on little Kaguya and little Miyuki, and it's yeah. it's Miyuki and Kaguya just out of it. Yeah. Ah. Although, you know, not not enough uh, Fujiwara's older sister. No. No. God. Oh, yes. Yeah. Not enough. Sorry about no, that, y'all. I, I, need a, I need a whole OVA. Just, not enough. Just not enough. Her. Not enough uh, Eldritch, Eldritch dad either. I want That's more true. of him. That's true. He shows up. He shows up in that opening title, and uh, and then he's, we had to have it for a, for a frame. You had to pause it for us, yeah. and we were like. <laughs> and then he, now that's the most important thing that bears mentioning is carrying on with the tradition of the seasons that came before it. We have another mercilessly slapping intro tune from oh, Masayuki yeah. Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. I, I oh, worship yeah. this motherfucker. Yeah. This, mm-hmm. this dude is life goals. Yes. Yeah. He, this he, is the coolest motherfucker walk in the face of the I, earth. I, I, I really hope he is involved in every single Kaguya project going forward. I yes. never, I never want to hear an OP without him. Unless, you mm-hmm. know, heaven forbid something terrible happens or, you know, whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, god damn, he, he's got some fucking pipes. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he, he's older than I thought, too. He's 67. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been doing this career since, like, the 70s and 80s, from what I read on Wikipedia. Damn. Bad motherfucker. Yeah. This, mm. he's, he's, I, like, I, I think I mentioned before, he's considered, I guess, to be, like, the godfather of romance songs in Japan. Like he's so prolific and shit like that. Japanese Elvis. Yeah, it, it would be like, I guess if he were still alive, it, it would almost be like the equivalent of like getting Frank Sinatra to fucking sing the Batman theme or something like that. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Yo, like Frank Sinatra doing like a Bond theme. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that would. I mean that I could see that just because movie studios have like the money for that, but like, I don't know, like fucking Doug's theme by fucking John Lennon. <laughs> Or whatever. <laughs> or what? <laughs> yeah, just that's the example we're gonna Yeah. That's, that's the first thing I thought of, alright? What do you want from me? 
<laughs> Paul McCartney doing The Simpsons. Actually, at this I'll point, I could see it because they have the money. I'll for take it. it. Anyways, yeah, it's it's uh, it finally you know it it's been out on streaming for a while, but we waited for the dub. And uh, yeah, well, we have to because the narrator is the best character. Yes. Objectively, yes, yes, objectively, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, fucking literally. There's only so much to really say, I think, because uh, it's four for those episodes. Of you out there who are you know are curious about this series, we have a whole episode on it. Yeah. It was paired with yes. Prey. Because, yes. you know, we pair Kaguya with weird shit. <laughs> that, we sure do. <laughs> we, we pair anything with weird shit. Most of our, <laughs> most of our, um, most of our episodes are very, very, occasionally we'll have like a solid parroting, pairing, right? Like we paired Mobius with the Batman, which I guess makes sense because bats, but we also stuck Godzilla <laughs> yeah. Final Wars in there. Oh, yeah. And then well, we paired Phil Tippett's Mad God with Netflix's Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. That was a combo. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and uh, let's see. What, God, uh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, I love us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it. There's not much to say because, like, you know. Get, oh yeah, and also bullet train banshees of Inisherin. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that was a double whammy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there. There's not too much to say because we've already did an episode, and it's yeah only it's, it's four like, episodes. So I hate I hate to say it's more of the same, but it is. It's kind of like if you liked the series, you will. Yes. Yes. You need to watch this. Watch it. And it ain't broke, then... so don't fix it. Watch it. And if you yeah, haven't exactly. watched the series, do so now. I've converted a large yeah. number of people in my Discord into <laughs> yeah. being Kaguya fans. Like, uh, mm-hmm. our, our, our our previous guest, Hex, has now seen has seen Kaguya. Mm-hmm. And and Hex mm-hmm. is, is rightfully is on, the wrong, is, is on the right side of history. No, she's on, on the on, wrong on side. Hayasaka. <laughs> She's she's absolutely on the wrong. She has a she's a sucker for blondes. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that's the only reason you won. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I'll take yeah, that's a good reason. She's, she, yeah. she 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 uh, um, I've got her number on that one. <laughs> I'll take I'll take a victory where I can take it. It's like you a w you, is a w. Yeah, you and Google Guts are just on a losing battle. I'm sorry. It's it's fine. Some of us have taste. <laughs> You're right. Lee and I have excellent taste. Uh. <laughs> Bees. uh you know and you know narrator's I, best waifu yeah i think we yes, can go with that that's saying. true but i th- i think the lesson at the end of the day is that um love is torture so let's talk about saw yeah <laughs> oh, boy, oh boy oh boy all right i mean we can't really talk about saw 10 without addressing the franchise yeah and yes. i think we have some differing viewpoints on it because mm-hmm. I'm pretty firmly in the ballpark of I adore the first movie and I can't fucking stand anything else in the franchise. Mm. <laughs> and I think uh-huh. I'm the most staunch on that front. <laughs> Probably. Like, probably. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I adore the first movie. I think the first movie is a, a solid detective thriller a la seven. Yes. It's... Oh, yeah. It it still understood the concept of subtlety back then. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. to me, the series has blown up into being all about the contraptions and the mechanisms and the traps yeah. and the torture. And uh-huh. to me, the, the fucking, like, most wild scene in the first movie 
was as simple as Jigsaw just had a wrist knife hidden under his robe. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is this is the sickest thing I've ever seen in my life. This is sure. so cool. And then we got what nine movies with a a reboot and mm-hmm. uh, they killed off the titular villain in the third film and then regretted their decision immediately mm-hmm. and tried their damnedest to backpedal bringing us to saw 10 so before we dive in what what's the deal with you two and this franchise uh so yeah yeah Yeah. saw one i remember liking it i think it's fine i think it's solid um for me the sequels with the exception of spiral uh what's that (laughs) uh a really terrible (laughs) sequel novel to ring don't worry, oh, Lee. We good. Lee, we have a podcast on it. You can go back and watch it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, how how strange. Yeah. Um, the the sequels are all really dumb and stupid. Saw two is like maybe of like the 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 original sequels, the closest to the first one. And you know, like we have Detective yeah. Donnie Wahlberg, uh, but they're all really, really, really dumb and preposterous. But at least for me, how stupid each movie gets, I really enjoy. There's bits and bobs of the individual sequels that I don't like and I think are like maybe a little too mean. Like, um, I, I can't remember the guy's name. The guy from Boondock Saints who's in fucking Saw 7. He's he's our he's our trap main character. Um His final test is like too mean and outside of the spirit of Saw since it actually does involve an innocent person. And granted, uh, at this mm-hmm. point, I believe Hoffman is the one in charge of stuff, but it's like, mm-hmm. it still feels excessively mean. Um, Saw 6's ending was also kind of... Both both 5 and 6 kind of had, like, aggressively mean endings. Like, yeah. e- even 4 is a little on the mean side, where it's like, the lesson is you know, don't rush into stuff. It's like, that's kind of a little bit of a stretch for a lesson, my dude. <laughs> but like, whatever. For me, they're, they're all like entertaining and stupid with the only one being kind of like a legitimate movie was the first one. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I have, I have fun with them. And also, you know, I always like to see um, Donnie, I wish I was my brother, Mark Wahlberg um, <laughs> in movies. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. and then uh, Spiral was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. No, none of us, none of us enjoyed Spiral. Also, I realized that I, Lee, I was trying to make a joke, being like, "Oh, if you haven't seen Spiral, you should watch our podcast." But I realized that like that didn't land at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I apologize for that joke coming off as like captain obvious go watch another episode no no it didn't okay. come off that way oh okay good I, I i was sitting here going shit um <laughs> but the uh my experience with saw is actually i think somewhere in the middle between you two okay um and i think we i think we touched on this a little bit but basically like my so uh tobin bell i think is a fantastic actor uh, mm-hmm. I've loved him since 
uh, since 24, actually. We were, we brought this up earlier today where, like, it was like, oh, yeah, he's the big bad of, like, season two of 24. And I was like, yeah, that's actually where I first saw him as an actor. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think, I think he's fantastic. I think how I experienced Saw was, um, mostly as, like, not a binge watch, but, like, basically, like, sort of challenging myself. I had a I had a period of time in like early co- or college slash like just out of college where I was like I'm going to watch the most disturbing shit. I'm just going to like fuck myself up with movies. Right. And so, yeah, I was like saw I I forget how many there were in the franchise at the time, but I went and I watched like all of them. Um just like I did, I did a bunch of like weird torture porn things, like right. you know, saw Human Centipede as well, and then like Serbian film stuff like that, where it's mm-hmm. just like I'm gonna watch stuff that's just just vile. Um, so I do think that like in the grand scheme of like what I was watching at the time, I was like these movies are kind of more cartoony than mm-hmm. a lot of them. Um, not the first one. The first one is, like, really solid, and, because it is, you're right, it's more of a, like, Seven-style thing, where it's, like, it's, it's subtle, it's, you know, because I I actually just recently rewatched Seven, because, uh, my husband had never seen it. Oh, Um, nice. Yeah, and I, 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 like, didn't realize that, like, there's almost no, like, there's no violence depicted on screen. It's, like, entirely, like, you know sort of aftermath and even then it's like mostly like kind of like lampshaded like mostly Mm -hmm. like you know just sort of like not really explicitly like here's guts hanging around and stuff like that and it's like yeah damn that's very fucked up because it's still a very fucked up movie and yeah saw one did that really well and then the sequels all kind of blur together for me because i did watch them all like in a row and i did kind of just like in just one giant marathon of torture yeah, basically, where it's just, like, and that, that, like, that and, like, the Hostel movies and, like, like, all of those kind of, like, like. Pain for, like, for pain's sake? Yeah, exactly, where it was just, like, it was just, like, hey, the early aughts were all doing torture porn. It was, like, that genre I watched a bunch of, and it was kind of, like, yeah. So, like, I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm, like, a fan of the genre as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um. I do think Saw is one of the standouts because of how clever it can get. Can being the operative word. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the in general, in general, I'm like mostly lukewarm on this franchise, except okay. that I like James Wan a lot. And, um, you know, that first movie was great. And I like Tobin Bell a lot. Okay. You don't you don't like 98 Apprentices? I do not. <laughs> it's it's ninety seven too many, really. <laughs> yes, it really is. Not enough. <laughs> I want to see Danny Glover come back and be an apprentice. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. So oh Saw, yeah, and the game sucks. Saw X kind of Saw Ten is in this weird space where I can't tell exactly if it is supposed to take place between films one and two or if it is a soft reboot of the universe, or the one I lean into, which is it really doesn't care about the timeline anymore. It just wants to put all the cool shit together into one package and go here, assholes, saw. I I feel like that's your, I feel like that's a bingo. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm kind of okay with that. 
I mean, yeah. the, the so, timeline is is very much a fucking mess because every single movie at this point is like after Saw Two is like flashback after flashback after flashback. <laughs> like yeah, fucking true. fucking Saw Eight's twist is that the entire game took place ten years ago. <laughs> oh yeah it's 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 like endless or like saw four we find out that the entire movie is taking place before the events and during the events of saw three and it's it's just this endless interconnected interconnected stupid convoluted web of just trying to keep track of shit the only the only thing that you know is like okay if tobin bell is alive this takes place before saw three it, I yeah. believe it fell into the same trap that M. Night Shyamalan did, where he, Shyamalan oh. became known for having a movie with a twist so fucking good yeah. that he had yeah. to now do it every single time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that the twist of the first Saw movie was so well done, and the music became so iconic yep. that they're like, okay, shit, we gotta do this every time now. Because if you get to the end of a Saw movie, and that famous theme song starts playing and you don't get like a cool reveal you kind of get like oh like uh, i got cheated out of something i felt entitled to mm -hmm. um but this one at least starts to go back to some of those great ass pull roots yes we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> so saw 10 is finally taking advantage of the fact that tobin bell is a fucking great actor Mm -hmm. and putting him right in the spotlight he's not just gonna have 15 minutes of screen time and steal the movie away from whoever the lead detective is of whatever you know mm -hmm. whatever franchise entry it is yeah they put tobin front and center john kramer is the main character of this fucking movie and for better or for worse he's our hero <laughs> he, he's, he, yeah the the first half of this movie or, or maybe just first act like the first it's good like first chunk half. of the movie is a cancer drama it's it's like there, yes. there's one brief trap at the start of the movie that is just John Kramer potentially thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's it's a cancer drama. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's just yeah. and it's just carried by Tobin Bell's performance. Mm -hmm. And he's great. It's like they're yep, letting yeah. him flex his muscle. It's 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 surprisingly I... new like like just well done. Yeah. I yeah. I think um, for me, I really appreciate, I, I appreciate that the franchise was like, you know what? Villain protagonist. Yeah. yeah. Because like really kind of that's, that's, I think maybe the direction they should have gone before panned because it's just like, there's, there's so many other, uh, you know, movies with murderers where like the murderer is the, the threat and, but you know, there's, there's always going to be a um laurie strode or you know whomever yeah. right like who's the actual main character but it's like of all of those of all of these horror franchises saw does feel like the one where like the character of jigsaw is probably the most important th and the most memorable thing yeah of the whole movie where you're like you're like nobody remembers any of the fucking victim characters nobody remembers anybody who you know like i mean I couldn't tell you the names of the two guys in the in the room in the first movie. Um, well, yeah, it's I it's Doctor like something or other and the screenwriter. Apprentices. Yes, yeah, exactly. So it's like, um, 
Dr. Gordon. But even then. Go, Dr. Gordon. And yeah. it's Dr. Gordon and Adam, but yeah. Yes. The yeah. screenwriter. But, he doesn't have a name. He's just the screenwriter. <laughs> right, right. But even even then, it's just kind of like, you know, I it's it's Tobin Bell's show, really. Yeah. yeah. And the fact the fact that he gets so little like actual presence just kind of like speaks to how fucking good he yeah, is like the, the <laughs> that you feel him through the entire like runtime yeah this the second movie like he that's where he was first kind of allowed to stretch a little bit but not to the extent of like saw x and like because it keeps cutting back and forth between the trap and donnie Wahlberg and and tilbin bell sitting at a table minding their own business faffing about but tilbin bell is like mesmerizing in it and even in Saw 3, where he's just basically pulling a Laurie Strode from Halloween 2 and also a Laurie Strode from Halloween Kills, where he's just strapped to a, a bed because he's dying. He's still mesmerizing. He's still great. Yeah. He's a fantastic fucking mm-hmm. actor. And this movie allows him to do more because we get to see, f- like, for the first half of this movie... Mm-hmm. John Kramer as opposed to Jigsaw Jigsaw. where it's like his his life what he's interested in uh him trying to beat cancer and all that well and it's also they don't sorry uh they also don't shy away from showing that like he's still a serial killer Mm -hmm. where it's like they they have him have that whole like you know like where he sees the guy trying to steal from uh his patients and he envisions like punishing him for it and you're just like Oh, that's really fucked up. Oh, yeah, because I'm literally following the villain's POV. Yeah. Right. It it offers us a unique insight into the mind of somebody whose entire mission as, you know, it, he doesn't see himself as a serial killer, but mm-hmm. his mission as a, a life coach <laughs> is to teach people the value of life because mm-hmm. he himself is having it slowly slip away from him because of cancer. We get mm-hmm. to go inside a layer deeper into the mind of somebody who is literally fighting for his life again. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's one of those sick situations where you want to root for him, but they keep reminding you every so often mm-hmm. in those delicate little ways. Like, let's not forget this guy's a fucking maniac. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like the, the only yeah. movie I can think of outside of like, I I haven't seen it, but like there's like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer where it's sure. the, it mm. does that. I have seen that one. Uh, the yeah. the only movie that Michael I Ricker. I've seen mm-hmm. that I yeah. I can think of where it's like it it kind of puts you in that headspace. There's also Maniac. That's that's what I was actually gonna the... was oh, was really? gonna mention the Elijah Wood Maniac. Yeah, uh, Elijah where Wood where Maniac you're you're really you're trapped in his headspace, and it's yeah. like you kind of sympathize with him because Elijah Wood is a great actor. Yes. And yes. you can tell well, he he's struggling to not do this. It, yes, yes, but he's exactly. A I was psycho. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say that like a lot of a lot of those kind of movies, like Maniac, and then there's another one with like Ryan Reynolds hearing voices and he like kills people. Um, a lot of those do try to kind of lean more on the like they're trying not to do it. Yeah. Um, and this one was just unapologetically like. You know, like, yes, you have some sympathy for him because he's like, he cares about this kid. He cares about, he has like a code, but he is still fucking people up, yeah. you know? Like, yeah, they they start to tease a redemption angle with this thing. So, mm-hmm. which is kind of like twisted when you think about it. But the, the core yeah. narrative here is that he is presented with this once in a lifetime opportunity to take part in a highly like underground illegal 
surgical operation that claims it can cure him of his cancer. He he met a guy at a cancer support group who was who had stage four pancreatic cancer and was healed by this revolutionary uh, procedure by a woman named Cecilia Peterson. And Jigsaw's like, okay, like I I I know the value of life. I've been carving it into people for years. I I need to I need to do what I need to do. He flies down to Mexico, goes through the shadiest operation known to man, <laughs> runs into, yeah. he's, he's introduced to a slew of people on this medical team. There's like, you know, the chief surgeon, the anesthesiologist, you know, this whole staff of like five people. And they perform what he believes is this life-changing surgery on his brain to remove, uh, to remove the malignancy. And as, of course, you kind of, like, you kind of feel it coming halfway, you know, halfway through the process. But just the way they handle the whole drop on it was really spicy. Of course, he got conned. There was mm-hmm. there was no great procedure. They just conned him out of a shitload of money and moved their whole operation and just left him to die of his cancer. Well, mm-hmm. they fucked with the wrong cancer-ridden old man. Yeah. <laughs> Because what then happens is instead of this being a movie of detectives trying to chase down the serial killer and getting wrapped up in his, you know, Machiavellian schemes, this is a revenge film. Mm-hmm. It's well, no, it's 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 not. He says it. It's not revenge. It's a reawakening. Oh fuck! <laughs> don't don't give his manifesto any more credit than it already has. <laughs> he he tracks down all the people responsible for for the con all the people who were faking being doctors and putting on this charade and he traps them in a warehouse he brings back his apprentice amanda he gets Mm -hmm. on the phone with his fbi contact hoffman from the other films he gets Mm -hmm. all the warriors together he he assembles the avengers baby he he gets the murder (laughs) avengers together And that's when we start to unveil the truth that for as evil as we've thought Jigsaw's been for 10 movies, motherfucker can't hold a candle to Cecilia Peterson's evil ass. Yeah, like, holy shit. This woman's the devil. Yeah. She she really is. It's just like, I was constantly taken aback at how fucking awful of a human being Mm -hmm. she was. I mean, granted... Mm -hmm. Taking advantage of cancer patients and stealing them of their money is already fucking evil. It's already cartoonishly evil. It's 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 super evil. But Mm -hmm. like she's basically like a comic book villain evil. Like it's just as as I was joking in the uh uh when we were watching it, like we also for context viewers, we literally watched this like right before recording this episode right yes it's it's like that that, very fresh in our minds that that fucking dinosaur villain in spider-man i don't want to cure cancer i want to turn people into dinosaurs Mm -hmm. she's she's just so fucking evil she's she's worse than god damn it dude yeah essentially what she's doing throughout this film is as the rest of her colleagues i guess you can call them are going through their their tests through their games She's kind of coaching them through the proper way to do it, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of an interesting approach because you've got the person in the trap completely, you know, fear addled and not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. And she's this twisted voice of reason convincing them to mutilate themselves. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't 
ever really get that moment to be in her own shitty situation like right up until the end and even then in a sense she kind of gets off easy yeah mm-hmm. yeah which is like the biggest like oh fuck of this whole movie but as her as her colleagues or compatriots are starting to get handled you know game by game she is just upping the stakes every time like okay um you know just to get into the spoiler territory um there is a wielding cart of tools in the center of the room with my phone on it that I need to get to. But I don't have a rope. <laughs> what I do have is the still warm body of someone who I just worked with. And I've got a shard of metal. So I'm going to cut her open and pull out her large intestine. And I'm going to use that as a rope to swing this cart over to me. Yeah. This woman is vicious. Vicious. And the whole time, because of how, like, again, good move making her as evil as she is, because now by comparison, every time it cuts back to our heroes, John Kramer and Amanda, we go, wow, look at these two perfectly well-adjusted people. One One of the people who is set up for a game is a struggling addict, and Amanda herself, as an addict in recovery is super concerned about her and going, Oh, well maybe she doesn't understand what she's doing. We all need a second chance. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, look at her showing the value for life. What a good girl that Amanda, as you have horrible flashbacks of everything she's done throughout this franchise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Abhorrent. It, I, I made the joke when we were watching it, but it's very much that, that, that Brita line from community where she's like, I can excuse racism, but I draw the line at animal cruelty. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you can excuse you racism. Can excuse racism. <laughs> <laughs> Like, sorry, like, like, oh, I can excuse horrible murder, but, uh, to a drug, but I draw the line at to a drug addict. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they up, they up the ante on, on, on the evil villain to a new level so that we could, you know, continue to appreciate for, you know, appreciate Jigsaw and pull form in the end. Yes. And yep. we are, we are gifted the, the horribly, like almost out of character image that closes the film of oh. the happy family of jigsaw amanda and a young mexican boy <laughs> arm in arm yep. walking out into the sun yep. as a yep. tasteful fade in of the title <laughs> goes yep. saw yep. 10 there is little to no comeuppance to the villain mm-hmm uh cecilia will absolutely be back in the next movie hell yeah she will somehow be more pissed off (laughs) but i don't know this i i saw this in theaters and i very rarely get out to the movies anymore Mm -hmm. and i i always go into movies like this with that thought of like okay this is just gonna be a fun way to turn off my brain for an hour and a half or two hours and just you know watch something silly you know maybe like you know squirm a couple of times in the seat at a particular kill and just be like oh that's gnarly like who thinks of doing that blah Mm -hmm. but this one i left the theater just going like fuck it's back Mm. it took 10 movies (laughs) 
and a lot of spin-offs and reboots and offshoots and what should have been dead to rights like straight to dvd at blockbuster 15 years ago movies mm-hmm. but goddamn, at the end of the day folks i think saw 10 is the best one since the first damn that's my stance i'm sticking to it okay. funny what happens when you give a good actor the room to act true but uh can we talk about the post credit scene? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I we think, can't. I think that has to be one of the like most like, ooh, you almost had it, guys. You just needed to shut the fuck up moments for me. I because... forgot I forgot to say this while we were watching it. <laughs> but okay, just to paint the picture for everybody, there's a post credit scene where John tracks down the guy who supposedly had stage four pancreatic cancer and is mm-hmm gonna have his vengeance Mm -hmm. Um, and they have him set up with this machine on his stomach that is threatening to like claw its way into his pancreas to like mimic the wound that he said he had Mm -hmm. um and it's really cheesy and really stupid and really jarring and they they had hoffman there unironically say the word like epic Yes. Not in the scope of like, oh, it's, you know, epic in the grand Greek sense. It's no, epic he was... in like the epic lulls. You yeah, know? yeah. He was like, he was like, that was an epically bad move or something like that. It was like. Bro. <laughs> uh, but what, what tickled me so much about this is that when they turn the machine on, it's like five or six of these little metal claws almost like harmlessly scratching at the dude's tummy. Yeah. Just go like, oh, oh, I'm gonna get you. Yep. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm yep. gonna, I'm gonna claw my way into your pancreas. I'm yep. gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna. And that's I'm the fade out. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. No, uh, it spirals it spirals into yes. his tummy. And yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. So, yeah, the thing, the thing for me that bothered me the most about that scene, or the most about, you know, like a couple of things about that scene, was that like it felt, it felt like they were, you know, I mean, like it's like okay, this is a loose end we have to tie up, right? But they, he pulls back his, you know, he pulls off his shirt or whatever, or he, like, he's, he's shirtless, he looks, they, like, flash back to the shirt pull, and he's like, oh, where's your scar? And it's just like, okay, you know what? I can buy, I can buy this guy infiltrating a cancer group to try to, like, scope out who they can, you know, like, who they can make money off of, right? They need stooges, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I can, I can even buy him, you know, just happening to run into him at the coffee shop to be like, oh, yeah, I'm cured, ha ha ha. But, like, he put on the, he put on the fake scar? <laughs> every time to, he goes outside? To, every time he goes outside, listen, just in case he happens to run into him in the coffee shop? Listen, like, what, you, like, you never know. <laughs> you never yeah, know. you never know. Yeah, it was just like it was one of those things where it was like that's a little like like you know, you know like I'm like I understand, but listen, that scene was made for me. It's the no. stupid shit. <laughs> the stupid it's, shit it's I true. love of saw. It's true. Yeah, I feel like you were ecstatic when that <laughs> when that scene Yeah, dropped. because it's so fucking dumb. I either <laughs> want this franchise to be good or really dumb. Not in the no spiral dumb, where it's just yeah. insufferable and boring and and makes you angry, but just, this is so convoluted and stupid, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And again, like, the, the big twist at the end is also part of that as well, of just, like, 
we we secretly planned for your boyfriend to show up and counted on him to lock me and Amanda, except for it turns out to be a small Mexican boy instead, <laughs> in this trap. Like, that is so, so fucking stupid in terms of just, like, predicting, like, stuff or whatever, just for the sake of having an additional twist. Mm-hmm. And it's, I love it. It's dumb. It's stupid. That's, that's what I love Saw for, uh, outside of when, it, when it's good. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and again, him, the dude, dude donning a fake scar, it's, it's also in the same lines. It's like at the end of Saw 7, where we find out Dr. Gordon, Carrie Elius, is now an apprentice because fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's so dumb. I love it. I love it. Or again, Jigsaw's mm-hmm. final twist where, LOL, everything you witnessed happened 10 years ago. <laughs> it's like come uh-huh. on this is so uh-huh. stupid but like uh-huh. it gives me life because it's just it's so dumb i love it and it's not spiral or it's just uh, yeah and and, it's and, just... and and hey it's also social you know? commentary about like the medical industry without being heavy-handed like spiral fair fair mm-hmm. now here's yeah. here's the here's the final nail in the coffin that i'll, I'll throw out there is uh, for all the comparisons that we can't help but make to Spiral. Same writer. Well, yeah, most of the, most of the I think, didn't he... Didn't Damn. he the writer just a had lot. a really solid turnaround. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean... I mean, because... Uh, I get it. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, the writer also has done a, a couple others as well. I think he also did Jigsaw. Yeah, so I mean, I, I enjoyed Jigsaw because how stupid that fucking thing is. <laughs> um, and he also did Piranha 3D. Piranha 3D is fantastic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Piranha 3D. But he also did the Hungover games. The what? Oh, like a Hangover? Yeah, or it's, wait, like it's, a Or like a whatever it's, Hunger Games parody? Yeah, it's... it's um. Oh, he didn't write that. He directed that. Never mind. But still, it's, it's basically ah. like a... Um, it's like a date movie style bullshit from the looks of things. Um but yeah, and, and well and like the director of this was actually he's been the uh the long running editor of the Saw franchise and he also directed Saw Six and Three D as well. Like it, it, it's still kind of kept in house. Like even the director of Spiral, he's the guy who directed Saw Two, Three, and Four along with uh Repo. Oh, he, oh he edit, you're right. He did Repo the Genetic Opera. Yeah. Oh, I love that piece of shit. Yeah, so, like, the, the crew is still, like, they've been involved with multiple entries and whatnot. Except for, you know, James Wan, he just gets his name stapled to it because he made the baby, you know? <laughs> I, I could say that maybe if I had to say, a, like, a, one maybe bit of criticism is... It was maybe a little pushing it at two hours. It could have been maybe tightened up a tad. Because I think most of mm. these Saw movies are like closer to 90 minutes. But granted, it's Tobin Bell is fantastic, so that was great. But yeah, you know, it's yeah. good shit. All right, final thought. Go- yeah, I mean, I think I think I'm with you lee that i think this is probably the this is like the return to the form to the return to form for this franchise where it feels like a direction they should have probably thought about taking years ago yeah ki- and... killing killing jigsaw is the stupidest fucking thing they did yeah <laughs> it, it just wrote themselves into a fucking corner oh yeah they went oh no our franchise yeah yeah 
but um but yeah this was it was it was cool it was fun it, a lot of a lot of really uh intense gore and and torture porn so if that's what you're into and we'll get your money's worth and slightly more grounded mechanics yeah, yeah the the traps yes. were less preposterous yeah there's yes. there's yeah. still one or two that are there, there's still there, one or two but... that are kind of out there but like the the simplicity of i've grafted pipe bombs onto your arms yes that's <laughs> yeah. the shit is is uh is pretty brutal that's the good stuff uh mm-hmm. and like for me like the most brutal trap was uh honestly the the the, the one with the the chick getting the radiation in the face just because the sound oh, of, yeah. of of breaking your bones with a sledgehammer is just mm-hmm. it's painful mm-hmm. you know and it's it's mm-hmm. a little more believable than expecting someone to fucking saw through their leg and extract and bone marrow out the marrow or yeah. or cut mm-hmm. into their skull yourself. and and take out a piece yeah. of brain those yeah. two like <laughs> the other the other believe- the bloodboarding seesaw the bloodboarding seesaw is more believable <laughs> i i i loved the fact that like i i'm such a i'm such a sucker for like a character realizing something as shit's about to yes. like kick off basically uh, but the fucking like boring. them being like wait the 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 blood the the blood torture seesaw was for you who was gonna be on the other side and then like shit goes like like where it's like oh he planned it this whole time motherfucker it's so it's so goofy and out there but it's yeah it's great yeah so yep. uh I love it. That's my opinion. It's the best one since the first. First is still the reigning champion. Absolutely. And then this is right underneath it. I I haven't seen most of the movies in years. So I can't like definitively place this. I will say that mm-hmm. in terms of like a technical level, right? This is definitely the best one since the first movie, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like it more than the first. I would have to like rewatch the first. Uh, and I, I couldn't even tell you if this would be my favorite Saw movie or what my favorite Saw movie is, because, again, part of my criteria is I love how stupid this franchise gets. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's definitely a solid fucking watch. And this, the, the one thing I think should, that, that you should like really take into account when watching this, if, if, or if, if you're on the fence about watching it, especially if you've never seen a Saw movie before, is because this is like a an interqual or a midqual or whatever the fuck you want to call it, and it takes place kind of, sort of, between Saw 1 and 2. You don't have to worry about how stupid and convoluted the fucking timeline gets. This could easily be a strong entry point. And I, I think it's it's a fairly competent little horror movie, especially since there's so much time spent building up John Kramer as a character and making his motive clear and making hateable villains who who are his victims and everything like that. It's it's solid. Go watch it. Hell yeah. All right. So our catch up time? Yeah, I'll go first. I only have one quick okay. thing because i can't really so mine's very brief also yeah i, oh, I, can, I okay. can't really mo- mo- i got a couple of things mo- most of the shit like is just been you know re-watching stuff in 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 goon flicks or replaying mm-hmm. stuff on stream but the mm-hmm. one uh the one singular new piece of media that i have consumed 
uh, is uh, Ding Dong Dead uh, mm-hmm. from Black Eyed Pre- Priest, aka Jordan King, and produced by pa- uh, Puppet Combo. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. available on Puppet Combo's Patreon for $5 backers. Uh, it's basically like a sort of side experimental project. Um, relatively short, takes like an hour or two to, to, to get through. You play as uh, some dude like uh maybe maybe late teens early 20s uh and uh you need money and it's halloween night and you're gonna go babysit this little shit kid and on that night the ding dong ditcher ripper has escaped from the mental institution and is coming home so basically it's it's like you're 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 babysitting and you have to try to survive this potential serial killer there's a lot of build-up before when the serial killer shows up uh, and it's it's kind of almost maybe a little immersive sim-y where it's like you can interact with all sorts of stuff in the environment and kind of gain stat points and solve puzzles and get equipment that could potentially save your ass later down the road. Uh, I don't know entirely how much replay value it has or if there's a lot of different permutations, like if things can play out differently. I know from what I've read on Twitter from the developer is he's actually planning on updating this and adding more rooms and puzzles and all sorts of other little fun, fun things. But like it was a neat, fun, little entertaining thing. And because of the fact that it spends so much time building up and, and you have to try to figure out how to survive this serial killer trying to kill you. It, it's one of the more tense horror games that I played even though like leading up to it it's it's much more tongue in cheek and 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 funny and whatnot like more of a a little bit of a comedy horror sort of game until the killer shows up but yeah i i, I would recommend it it was fun oh yeah nice uh my catch up is also very brief uh because i've just not really had as much time as i would like lately to dig into new media mm-hmm. uh and the time that i have had uh I've spent playing Baldur's Gate 3, so cat go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also have spent a lot of time playing Baldur's Gate 3, but uh, I did make some time to watch a couple other things, um, and I, I wanted to, like, quickly note a few of them that, like, because some of these aren't going to make it onto, like, my best of or worst of lists, so, but, like, they're still... They're still good and they're still worth noting, or they're still men. They're worth noting, um, and I. Please forgive me if I repeat anything. I'm pretty sure I didn't talk about this stuff on our last podcast, but maybe I did. Um, I ended up watching Cobweb. Did I mention this one already? I don't think so. Okay, cool. Um, so this is one that actually like uh, came to my attention from Red Letter Media. They did like a review of it, and they were like were very like highly praising it um and i watched it and i dug it a lot and then i kept seeing youtube recommending like people being like cobweb is the worst movie of 2023 and i was just like all right guys <laughs> relax everybody um it's a it's a fun little like horror fairy tale mm-hmm. um which i feel like doesn't is kind of like a subgenre that doesn't really get done a lot um but like you know, a, a little a little reminiscent of like Pan's Labyrinth or something like that, where it's it's kind of in this like sort of bizarro world. But yeah, it's okay. it's 
it's neat. I liked it a lot. Um, yeah, there was there was uh, I don't know. It, it, it was it was very up my alley. So I dug it and I appreciated the uh, RLM rec. Um, then... Every so often they come through with a good recommendation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I also ended up watching Bodies, 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 which I talked well, a little bit with James about, I think. Um, and this is a movie that, like, uh, on the surface, like, if you just watch, like, a trailer or if you just watch, like, a couple minutes, like, it seems like one of those insufferable Gen Z movies. Um, but there's a point to it. <laughs> and, like, basically, like, at a certain point, like, things clicked for me where I was like, oh, shit. You know, like, I, like, I get what's happening here. And it's kind of really clever. Um, it's sort of like, and then there were none, but, um, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if I should spoil it as just like a, like a quick blurb or not, but, uh, I, I want to, but, uh, it's up to you guys if I should spoil this in, in blurbs, in blurb form. Uh, I don't know if y'all are I guess interested. it depends on how important you think the spoilers are for people listening who would want to give it a shot. Um... Yeah, okay, I won't spo- I won't spoil it just in case somebody's listening and thinks like, "Oh, that might be kind of fun." Yeah. Um just just know that like if you're put off by the dialogue, it's not it's not bad to the level of like Fear Street dialogue or like any of the like Netflix stuff. It's just it's a ve- it's very like modern kids talking kind of thing or like, you know, they they kind of talk like they're on Twitter, but like that's the point. And okay. And it's done in a way that's like it's not it's not glorifying these people. It's actually kind of criticizing them in a really clever way. So um, but it doesn't do it's not but not in a mean spirited way either. Like it's not it's not punching down on these people. It's just saying like, hey, guys. <laughs> so it's it's fun. It's a fun movie. Okay. Um, on that note, too, I uh, since the one of the actors uh, was in this movie as well. Uh, I watched Bottoms, um, which was, like, basically sort of billed as, like, super bad, but for teenage lesbians. Uh, and it was really, it was really fun. It was a really fun movie. I did not expect to like it as much as I did, but, like, it was going for a certain kind of, like, tone, and it fucking nailed it. (laughs) It was just, like, it was really weird and, like and and fun um so i recommend that one and then the same night i watched talk to me um which is a horror movie about uh like it's basically like possession but as a like like drug metaphor oh (laughs) if that makes sense yeah and it it does a really good job and like it it nails a lot of things but it doesn't quite stick the landing. I, I um, heard about bummer. this one. The The main noteworthy yeah. thing that I... Because I, I, I haven't seen it. And I don't really know much about it. But the main thing that I know about it is I guess it was created or and directed or at least written by some YouTubers. Mm, and it's like okay. it's actually like semi-noteworthy because there's been a couple instances of, of in the past of YouTubers making like films. But they're normally mm-hmm. like really bad garbage really bad. <laughs> like because they don't yes. know what they're doing and whatever like 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't even remember the name of the YouTuber, but Mr. Gigi did a review of some YouTuber's horror movie where it's mm-hmm. it's literally kind of like a mockumentary and it's starring mm-hmm. him playing himself, but his mm-hmm. next door neighbors are like creepy psychotic clowns and it's like a clown horror movie and it's like really dumb and stupid but yeah. like the, the main thing that i've seen a lot of people talk about you know with talk to me is just the fact that it's like this is surprisingly good for a youtuber horror movie like okay like surprise yeah. like i i got recommended this I got recommended this by a friend who's really into horror. I don't know if she's that into, like, YouTube stuff. So her recommendation was, like, lukewarm on the ending as well, and I mm. basically agreed with her, where it's, like, it's it's mostly very good. Um, it's definitely really impressive, like, for YouTubers, but, like, it's not... Sure. I, I don't... I. I don't think it quite nails like the the problem too is that I watched Bottoms and Talk to Me the same night and Bottoms just like so nails what it's going for like it knows what kind of movie it is and it's just like unapologetically like this is what we're doing and it like sticks everything it attempts mm-hmm. and then this one just kind of like didn't quite do that sure um but yeah I mean it, like so it's like it's not going to end up on any of my lists but because uh, it's not like anywhere near my favorite horror movie of this year, but uh, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, and the and specifically the like I know that the creators talked about like uh, being inspired by like watching somebody like seize out on drugs or something like that, and that was what sort of inspired them to like do this like metaphorical thing. And it's like I can see that, and in like what you're in like what you're doing, mm-hmm. and like. that works really well like he's like you that came through in a really compelling way so well your 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 thoughts on it kind of solidified me where it's like uh because i haven't seen the movie but like it it was one of those movies that i heard about was like i was seeing people be positive about it and i was like oh you know i might watch this at some point but now it's kind of like Mm -hmm. dropped a bit on the interest list of just like yeah Yeah. because i'm like because yeah i'm very particular with my time these days yeah sure i get you um i speaking of being particular with time (laughs) uh i also watched old which is the m night Shyamalan movie yeah it was um uh i heard it's an m night Shyamalan movie yep it was an m night Shyamalan movie yeah it was like i I don't want to hate on the guy because that's like so it's so blase, you know, like, it's so <laughs> mean. yeah, um, but at the same time, it's just like he's he's a weird one. He, you know, he like, is it's he, I, I want to like his stuff because like exactly like he's he's got a style. Yeah. Like, and it's just like it's just his style is like rubbing everybody the wrong way. And yeah, it's like, like I, 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 I like I Sixth Sense. I like Unbreakable. Yeah. I like Signs. Yep. Yep. Um. I, I did not like the village and I haven't seen mm-hmm. anything else he's done outside of airbender, which I, you know, yeah. is terrible. Yeah. 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 Um, which, which is airbender. Yeah. And, um, and it's, I, I've, I've seen like all of his movies and like, yeah, the, the, the only one I outright hated was lady in the water. Oh yeah. That's um, a rough one. Yeah. It, that oh wait, no, really I did, I did see bad. the happening, which is the, 
Yeah, which is fucking funny. The happening funny. is hilarious. Which it's is hilarious. hilarious. So yeah, the ha- the happening is the f- yeah. one of the fucking funniest movies. I love the riff tracks for that too. That was like so fucking good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was like, I don't know. It it was weird. It didn't. It was weird. It was an M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, don't watch that's, it. That's what I, <laughs> I watched it for free, so I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Do it. Um, I also saw the new the live action Little Mermaid, which was bad. Yeah, I hear it's um, pretty bad. I saw YMS's review about that. Yeah. Do hmm. do they have like in its entirety poor unfortunate souls? Yes. Yes, they do. Okay, I, I just had to check because yeah. when when the live action quote unquote uh, Lion King remake came out, oh, right, and they did, and they took and out they, Be Prepared, and yeah. they took out Be Prepared, yeah, like you yeah. assholes. Like yeah. I'm just, I, I'm keeping a finger on the pulse I, about I, I, the villain yeah. songs. Yeah, they, they for the most part maintained the like they maintained most of Little Mermaid, and they like expanded okay. on some things that like probably did need expanding on. Um, the like I know, I know the poor girl got a shit ton of flack because she's not a white person with red hair, but she was fine. She's a good singer. I just think she's not like. I heard she's she wasn't she, she's not that she's fine in the role, but like her exactly. Her, it's like her singing is is fine. It's just like it, it's it's kind of like. A good, She's a good singer, but she's not a good stage singer, if yeah, that makes any no, sense. It, it does. No. It, it's the same thing. I like get that. that. Like, why, yeah. I think it was in his Lion yeah, King w- review where he's talking yes. about Simba, young Simba's singer, where it's like, yes. you can, yes. if, Exa- if you compare it to like exactly. Beauty and the Beast, you can mm-hmm. hear the, yeah. the smile in her voice as she sings. Yes. yes. And, and yes. like, it's, it's exactly like that, where like, it's. The, the the singing she's doing is like great for a booth. It's great for like an IP or an an EP or something like that. It's great for like, but but when you're actually up there acting and yeah. you want to like act part of the song, she doesn't really do that. And it's like, you know, I'm not gonna blame her because I'm sure yeah. a lot of it was the direction. But hey, I'm assuming there's bits of direction and other yeah. elements. I, I if I recall, maybe it was in little mermaid as well or maybe this is just lion king where it's like some of the songs come across as like weird celebrity doing the yes. national anthem where they, yes. they try to put oh, their own God. spin on it and it just yeah you don't yeah, need to they, do that where they they do the like warble of notes where there's only one note in the original because it's yeah. just like look how well i can sing and it's like that ju- we don't need you showing off because yeah. then it becomes more it's it's more look at me look at me not I'm in the role and I'm, you know, it's just kind of like, I understand musical theater is already a leap where it's like, oh, characters don't sing their fucking thoughts, but it's like, okay, in this world, characters are singing their thoughts. So can we just make it that they're acting too? Like they're actually like, you know, this is, this is how they behave. Like, and we're understanding as an audience that it's metaphorical or whatever, you know, It's, it's, it's not people just burst into like, you know, professionally produced soundtracks. It's, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, yeah, these these Disney remakes just don't don't get musical theater. No, and they don't get why you know what 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 could work with a live action adaptation because like I I'm not opposed to that. Fairy tale adaptations are great. yeah no when when they're done right they can be fine. When they're done like, right. Like, yeah, I I haven't 
I haven't seen any of the more recent Disney remakes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But, like, I remember there being, I, I, I think this was a Disney joint, but, like, in the ni- mid-1990s, Disney made a live-action Jungle Book movie. And I remember yes. thinking that was fine. It, oh, was, it, was, it, was, it was a solid yeah. movie. I like it. It wasn't a musical, yes. but it was a solid movie. No. Uh, no I, yeah. I, I don't particularly care for them, but I know there's a lot of people who like the live-action 101 Dalmatians movies. Right, you know, with, yeah, with yeah. Glenn yeah. Close. The, the Glenn Close ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yes. like... I, I didn't like them as a kid, but, like, there's... They're fine. Yeah, the the only the only more recent ish one that I've been mildly interested in seeing was Cinderella, and that's less because of like it's a live action Cinderella or whatever. It's because mm-hmm. it's directed by Kenneth fucking Brana, so I imagine yeah. the direction would be interesting at the very least. Yeah, because yeah, he yeah. he understands. Yeah, he's good. Film craft, yeah. and even if it's a studio project, he can still kind of yeah. like inject That's, some of his own personality in there one one of the big reasons why i like his uh, agatha christie adaptations even though i don't agree with him 100 percent, is just like yeah he knows how to make movies yeah it's like it's like even if even if i'm like i, I i'm not 100 percent sold on this Poirot portrayal i'm still having a good time yeah so it's still cool um, oh, and, and also just for the record, because I know you, it, you, Lee, you used air quotes on it, and and I respect <laughs> that. But uh, I I just want to like make my opinion known. Uh, if if you think that that recent Lion King remake is live action, I'm sorry, you're dumb. Yeah, it's not. It's it's, it's not. an animated movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it is an it's, animated movie. Yeah. They're they're the lions are three D models. They're yes. not real lions. I don't care that they used VR to make the movie. It isn't even as as YMS pointed out. It's not even the first animated movie to use VR yeah. to make a movie. Yes, it's correct. an animated movie. I don't care if it's photorealistic. Right. We've had photorealistic animated movies before. They just mm-hmm. have aged and now look like shit because <laughs> yep. photorealism ages and looks like shit. There mm-hmm. was a time when Final Fantasy The Spirits Within was considered to be somewhat photorealistic. And that <laughs> movie looks like shit. <laughs> there was a time sure when does. Toy Story looked really good. And as much as I love the original Toy Story, the humans yeah. in that movie look like shit. They, yeah, yes. Like, um, God damn it. That conversation yeah. makes me so fucking mad. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's very stupid. Um, I, I saw then, I saw teens react to 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 oh, yeah, yeah. Lion King, and they were and every well, single one of them were yeah, like, it's, "Oh, it's live action." No, no, it's not. It's animated. It's three D. Is that a real yeah, lion? No. Yeah, they're they're teenagers. They don't know any better. No, um, uh, the other things I have I have two more things I want to talk about very briefly. Um, the first is I watched. Um, there's a series that Will and I have watched um, that came out with a new season. Uh, it's called Scissor 7. It's a um, it's an animation show uh, on Netflix. I believe it is like it is kind of like it's an anime, but I believe it is Chinese in origin. Uh, Will would have to correct me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really great. It's also a very weird show um, because like. <laughs> I, I almost really want to, like, kind of just show you two, like, the first episode of season one and then, like, the last episode of season four and just be like, those are the same show. <laughs> because 
it's kind of insane the the way it just kind of evolves yeah the way it changes so um but the basic gist of the show is that there's like a guy who like was an assassin and then like lost all of his memories and now he's like cutting hair on this island and then it's like oh but a bunch of other shit starts going down but so um season four dropped like a couple weeks ago and will and i watched it in like one night because there are really short episodes they're like i think 30 minutes a piece and the season is only like six or eight episodes long um and it was really good uh the they clearly got a little bit more budget uh so they're able to do like flashier like scenes so they have some really cool fight scenes uh that are just like like really fucking dope I love when um, you can like when you can notice the dollar value kick up a notch when yes, you're watching a yes. show. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's oh, very... this is what they saved it all for. Exactly, exactly. It's very clear that like, okay, they, you know, they they're they're really they're really going for it now. Um and also the funny thing about this season was that like the main characters actually don't play into the season that much because they're they were like basically like sidelined for the season for, you know, plot reasons. Um, but it follows, like, a bunch of the side characters and, like, fleshes them out, and it's, like, pretty cool, actually. <laughs> it's, it's kind of really neat how much of a, of an ensemble show this is, that, like, even though we're no longer following our main assassin guy, it's like, oh yeah, but there's, like, 50 other characters that are equally interesting and cool and fun to talk to and, you know, hear from. Uh, so yeah. It's, it's, it's very, it's very neat. Also, the, um, the OP slaps um for like every season had like a really amazing op the third season is still my favorite but it's good it's good stuff beautiful um and then so the last thing i want to talk about is that um because i too like we mentioned earlier in the show um i was jonesing for more garbage to put on my worst of the year list because Uh my my list is pretty lean and so I needed to fatten it up a little bit. And I went, you know what? What have you done? There's a thing that we started and bailed from because we were so, like, unmotivated to keep going. And I was like, I bet this is going to suck ass. I'm going to keep watching it. Uh, so I watched the rest of the Cowboy Bebop live action oh, Jesus. adaptation. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so. What? But but I'm I'm not going to talk about that too much here. Because I, it's definitely ending up on my worst Are list. you okay? Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing. It it pissed me off, and I was like, this is this is terrible, right? Like, this is, this is fucking awful. But then I got to thinking, and I was like, you know what? I don't even have enough context for, like, to be, like, pissed off. Because I'm like, I'm only, like, mildly mad. Because I'm like, this was bad. But, like... It was also, you know, it was like Netflix adaptation bad, right? Where I'm just like, whatever, they suck. I know, I know they suck at doing this. So other than the One Piece adaptation for some reason, apparently. Um, but yeah, I was just like, whatever. But then I was like, you know what? I've never seen the original show. Shit. And yeah, and I'm like, and, and then I noticed, I was like, oh, it's only 26 episodes. Yep. Oh, it's all on Netflix. I didn't know you dove into that. Yeah, so I I watched I watched all of the original. I haven't seen the movie yet. I know there's a there's a movie Cowboy Bebop, but 
I watched the original 26 episode run of Cowboy oh, Bebop. Shit. And holy fucking shit. Uh-huh. Like I can't Honestly, I'm like how was I missing this for so long? Right? It's, it's so dope. It's so good. Yeah, it's like I the 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 problem is like I don't know if it's going to end up on my best of list. It might, but I I have consumed a lot of really good shit this year. Sure. So it's just like, it's it, it it's definitely up there, but I don't know if it's like best of this year. But like, holy fuck! I was I was just like, first of all, like I, I adore, like, how well it's paced, and the fact that like, the world that the show takes place in, is is often more at the forefront than like any of the characters. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I. I it's very like that, JoJo's part four in that in that yes, regard. Yes, and I feel like that's something that like doesn't happen in a lot of like a lot of modern shows. Just want to be character pieces, like they just want to be like focus on the character. Like I feel like even like Game of Thrones got into that, right? Like mm-hmm. like I feel like I feel like most shows are just like let's you know even even Lost. Lost is actually a great example where like so much of like the setting was the interesting part for people and then they were just like no 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 but all you actually really care about is the character drama and it's like no, no i care about this weird island yeah like that like sure the characters are part of it and i like figuring out their backstories but like the island was the cool thing like <laughs> um but yeah and it's just like it's done it's also done in like a really subtle way where it's not like in your face like oh the we travel through space using these gates that do this it's like no no they're just they're just fucking using the using the shit and you just kind of like observe and you're like oh my god like what is this stuff and yep. but it's just like it's just like it's all just like out there and it's like it's like normal no one has to fucking explain it to you know some idiot who doesn't realize what's going on and like yeah it's it's fucking it's great like i'm just like this is this is dope and i i it made me really mad for the way the characters had been depicted in the show, specifically, um, Faye. Yeah, and I, I mean, and obviously Vicious too. They massacred Although, Vicious. Yeah, Vicious they ma- got done dirty. Yeah, they they holy shit. Um, <laughs> but the um, and Ed. Well, yeah. Ed That's luckily. A different issue entirely. Yeah, exactly. Ed luckily was only there for like a single scene. But I was just like, yeah, oh my God, it was so bad. And I was like, I was, I was, I was really like enjoying because I watched the, uh, the English dub and I was like, I realized like two episodes in that I was like, this head sounds really familiar. And it's because it's the same, the voice actor for, uh, for, for Gaz in, uh, Invader Zim. And I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) I'm usually like, I want to say nine times out of the 10 team like team subs all the way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bebop well, you gotta do english yeah yeah that, that's you the thing that's, gotta do english that that is that is the main thing that i heard from yeah. like i i heard i heard that even the creators were like watching english yeah, they, the english they, dub they, is like yeah. the, the superior version the sub is fantastic like no no shame mm-hmm. towards the the sub version it's got some great actors mm-hmm. in it fucking um uh, if if I remember correctly, Old Joseph's voice actor from JoJo Part Three and Four, he's mm. Jet. The Japanese nice. Old Joseph is Jet, and you know he's uh-huh. fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. and all that, but just the dub is so fucking good. Like that was kind of yeah. back in the day, 
everyone in their cat was like, every single dub sucks. And to be fair, yes. almost yeah, all of, of them suck. Yes. And the yeah. ones that were considered to be like good dubs were like mm-hmm. passable dubs. But yeah. before, like, I, I suppose the best way to describe it is like Cowboy Bebop walked so Full Metal Alchemist could run. Ooh, like like Bebop yes, is yes. was the gold standard for dubs yeah. for yeah. a long time. Yep, that's that's great. Like it, everybody is pitch perfect fucking cast. Steve Bloom is on fucking point. Uh, uh, Wendy Lee is fantastic as Faye. Uh, Bay Belling Shea, I think is his name, uh, is wonderful as fucking Jet. And, oh, and, uh, Bo Billingsley. Yeah, Bo Billingsley. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yes, and yes. like Bo Billingsley's voice is the main reason why most people associate Jet with being a black man. Like mm-hmm. he's just he's yeah. he's become that fucking iconic through the character mm-hmm. and everything like that. Like, well, he is black and he is. <laughs> oh, oh no! My God. Don't get me started. <laughs> I, 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 I still want to watch no. the live action series at some point, even oh, though I know I'll hate I, it. That's the thing. I want to. I want to rewatch it to really solidify my hate for the list, so that I can actually go through and be like, "These are all the changes that that sucked for no fucking reason. That like you literally had the blueprints for brilliance handed to you on a fucking silver platter when you got this IP, and you pissed on it. You fucking animals. Yeah. It, <laughs> um, it's like all... yeah. I think. I think. I think Faye is probably like the worst example for me because like even though they did vicious plenty dirty like they like like he's he's definitely like the the most massacred character um the way they reinterpreted Faye to basically be like oh she needs to be more palatable to modern audiences i'm like you know that female characters can be chaotic and weird and sexy and like own it and that's the character yep yeah you don't have to like you don't have to strip every fucking female character down to like like basically like round all of their edges out so that they're these perfect like little little girl power statues that we can mass market to like ever it's like it's like fuck off guys like are you serious mm-hmm. we didn't we don't we don't need her to to laser focus on her tragic backstory because that's not what the original faded either she had one fucking episode where she was like like this is a terrible thing that happened to me, and then she was fucking back to trying to swindle the guys, yeah. you know. Like it's just like it's just like, hey, maybe let female characters be, you know, w- wicked and snarky and fucking weird and, you and know. badass and, she's and a, funny she's that a, way. Yeah, she's a chaotic force of nonsense, and it's like this is awesome. She's a complex and flawed character, like the entire mm-hmm. cast of Bebop. Yep, but no, that's no, not allowed. And then, and then we need we need more we need more of a at its best. yeah we need more of a we need more of a girl power message. The, we need her to you know outright be a lesbian because you know that's that's interesting character development. The only the only thing I remember from live action Bebop outside of them doing that really stupid music edit in the second episode is the fact that the first episode is mostly a direct adaptation of the first episode of the anime. Mm-hmm. But they crowbarred in Faye, and it feels so yes. wrong. Yes, that's th- th- that's literally half the shit is like them crowbarring in another part of Bebop just to like, and it's like, guys, you're making the one, you're making the universe smaller. Two, you're making it less interesting because everything's like fucking con- connected to each other. Yeah. yeah, there's like so literally like the whole so Faye's whole backstory is tied into the like mom character instead, the woman who is like 
had had those goons. They were like trying to get like a virus out. Oh fuck um, off! So yeah, she. So instead, she's Faye's quote unquote mom as well, but she just unfroze her as part of like a scheme, and then that becomes like a big fucking character point. And then like the whole like like basically like Faye hooks up with some I don't know some mechanic chick or something like that, and then she's just like. That that's that's how she gets to talking about her tragic backstory of like oh I like I don't have any memories I like like basically being like I I don't think I've ever had an orgasm because I don't remember ever having an orgasm because I was frozen and I'm like why are we talking about this you all suck <laughs> like, uh, yeah it's it's god damn it dude that like, just hearing like, hearing that makes me mad because that's yeah that's clearly Western writers just being like we need to add in sex yeah dialogue. we need to add. We we need to yeah we need to add in sex dialogue we need to add we need to make her LGBTQ we need to do all this other and it's just like guys wow no just, just, <laughs> there's a ton of they're like like I like I don't care if you want to make her whatever the fuck you want but like you don't need to fucking shoehorn just shoehorn in all this stuff you don't, you don't need to you don't need to do it in the clumsiest fucking way possible. No. Yeah. Like at the like if if you're if you're gonna make her like I don't care if she's a fucking disaster lesbian make her a disaster lesbian don't make her the fucking boring ass like bullshit like oh, boohoo is me I have mommy issues and no memory I'm like shut up <laughs> the the other... also also I should Breach. I should clarify I don't blame the actress no it's not the actress like I don't I and I and I I also think people who were like the costume design isn't sexy enough it's like okay who who like, cares look, like whatever that's, I don't that's care. one of the things. To, like, if the cost the costumes can be whatever the fuck they want, I'm mad because they didn't fucking actually make the character the character. Yeah, like that's kind of my big big thing is like they 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 the costume feels a little off, but it's not because it's not sexy. It's just it mm -hmm. feels different. Like they still I think it's the color scheming of the yellow from what I remember. I don't remember mm -hmm. remember too much just outside of everything about the show being kind of miserable outside of I thought John Cho was on point and the actor they oh. got to play Jet was on point. Yeah, yeah, no, Sp Spike and Jet, like they, I thought they were great. Yeah, like okay, it's a it's a different dynamic from the show, but I think that's mostly because they're much older. Yeah, and like like and because because they made because Cha Cha was like forty or something. Yeah, right. It's like he doesn't he doesn't feel like the like kind of like really like loose like you know go with the flow kind of guy that spike feels like yeah but it's like i'm like i that's fine it so therefore it's less of a like you know because jet feels very much like the like res more responsible one of the two of them yeah and like in the in the live action that doesn't that dynamic doesn't come through sure. it feels like they're they're more partners than sort of like the you know like unequal dynamic but the uh, the other so like that's the thing you can change it yeah but change it for a good reason yeah and like that like they were really they're really good together they're super good together their dynamic is strong <laughs> that's that's kind of like my other thing with like the one thing I also remember is just how annoyed I was with how the live action version handled Gren who's just a minor character in two episodes in the anime that one where oh yeah and it's just it's such just mm -hmm. just make a new character if you want this yeah. it doesn't have because this is not Gren. This is just, mm -hmm. you made a new yeah. character mm -hmm. and called them Gren. And anybody who was a fan of Gren, they're not getting an adaptation of Gren, at least in this mm -hmm. season. They meant, And again, 
I don't blame yeah. the actor for this. I blame the writers no. and the directing no. and everything yeah. like that. And there, yeah. appara- and- apparently there were talks where it's like, oh, we would see Gren's backstory in, in season two. It's like, I don't fucking care. Don't shoehorn yeah. in Gren this fucking early and make no. Gren something that Gren isn't. Yeah. It's like, you know what would be great is if we actually, like, just fucking had things happen that didn't need explanation. Just interesting things happening. Yeah. Move the plot forward. Because that's because because guess what? The original fucking Bebop does that. Yeah. Where it's it 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 doesn't sit there and go like, oh, we've just we've just met Faye Valentine. Who is Faye Valentine? Well, let's get into that for three episodes. They don't fucking do that. No. They're just like, here's this character. She's here for a bit. She's fucking off now. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and we'll see her again in an, in, an, in an episode and a half. You know, and it's just like here's here's Radical history. Edward. Uh, yeah. Radical Edward is weird, but mm-hmm. but charming in Ed's own way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and here's Ayn, best dog. Yep. Oh my god. Yeah. No. And it's I I like as somebody who again hasn't seen live action Bebop and I the entirety of it, and I don't know mm-hmm. if it even attempts to to tackle some some of the episodes. I can't even just the little I've seen. I can't see live action Bebop hitting any of the same almost tear-jerking moments that the original anime had like the the Mm. the episode where there was that dude who like was doing crime so he could get like a plant to cure his his sister who was like Mm. becoming blind that episode is such a fucking downer of an ending Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. or ed's departure set to call me as she's just leaving the bebop to like follow her father and ein leaves with her it's such a fucking mm-hmm. downer and like because of the fact that i know live action bebop doesn't introduce ed until like the post credit scene of season one as a stinger for season mm-hmm. two but even if they did get a singer t- season two i don't think they would ever I, be able I, to i believe they got canceled they, they so. did they sure did they got canceled like a a, a a month after season one dropped yeah, like this is good. Good fucking written. This honestly. this was the e- arguably the easiest fucking thing they could have tried to adapt. Yeah, like One Piece. I haven't seen One Piece, mm-hmm. but One Piece is fucking weird, right? Mm-hmm. It's got dudes with stretchy arms, and it's it's very anime centric, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of anime is very anime. Bebop mm-hmm. is basically like. The de facto, you don't like anime, but you'll probably still like fucking Bebop. Sort of, sort of experience. Like, Emu even jokes that Bebop is the only good anime because it's like <laughs> it's so radically different, and it mm-hmm. transcends like ninety percent of the anime tropes that were were going on at the time, right? And it's. Mm-hmm. It's got a legendary OST and sick fucking animation and great voice acting and great direction and yep. just yep. goddamn. The the only thing I could see being like more challenging for a live action adaptation uh in terms of like, you know, between this and like One Piece is that it's all set in space and sure. there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of like weird like spaceship stuff and there are scenes of like spaceships fighting and yeah. stuff like that where it's like they'd be okay, expensive. Yeah, on a live action budget or trying to make that quote unquote live action where you're like, oh, yeah, like we're making this look like real human beings actually exist in this space. Probably mm-hmm. impossible. So they so they couldn't adapt it one to one exactly. Sure. Yeah. But like 
that's still not an excuse to, like, completely be like, oh, we're gonna snip this out of here and inject it into this story and do this other thing. It's just like... it. it the little yeah. I saw it really felt like who the writers behind the original, or the, the live-action series, just, they, they, they didn't care for or didn't do their homework or, or, or just, just, they didn't give a shit about the source material that they were adapting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway. So thanks for suffering through the live action so I don't have to. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, I can I can oh, talk oh, more oh, about it. Oh. Did you know that uh, um, uh, Spike and Vicious talk about shaving their balls in one scene? Oh, beautiful. That's exactly it's, it's, what I wanted. It's great. Lee, you're, just, Lee you yeah. and I have to suffer through just this. What I we needed. have to do it. <laughs> you're right. We got to shave our balls together. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just just what I just what I needed is is vicious being mutilated more. <laughs> vicious is such a yeah, simple you know. villain, but he's so fucking effective and menacing. And yeah. the little I saw of him in live action is just he's a fucking whiny bitch. Yeah, he's, a fucking, he's awful. Uh, and ugh. God, don't don't get me don't get me started on uh, how much they added to fucking Julia, where you're just like, why guys? Why? 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 There's no fucking reason that no. this is a thing. Just stop. <laughs> just, just, just fucking, just, just cut it out. Just cut it out. Yeah. Just stop it. Uh, on anyway. that note, yeah. You watch Dragon Ball Evolution or something? Jesus Christ! <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm a bit of a masochist, but <laughs> not that much. <laughs> I suppose, in, unless we have anything else, that, that this will about do it. I believe so. Yeah. Two, two fine pieces of media that we encourage people to check out, and uh, a lot of corn. and the other one about corn. The other three. Yes. I don't know what you're talking they about. They all play <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> you love corn. We do love corn. We here at the Gooncast proudly uh, endorse corn. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> We're casting in on the debate. <laughs> in the in the corn political spectrum. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, Cat, aka the Attack Cat on Twitch. Uh, I don't really stream anymore at all, but. I don't know. I'll be around at least for, for Saber's streams when we do Mermaid Swamp is I think the next one. Oh, Christ. That I'm gonna do help This one's supposed to be stuff. really good. It's highly recommended, yeah. actually, Lee. Yeah, so... I just... Something about the name. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, naturally, this has been your boy, Lee Alder, the Valley Jester, the Bodhisattva of Booba. You can catch me at twitch.tv slash Jester. Uh, I occasionally pop on to stream some Honkai Star Rail, but that's about it. Uh, and if you are a member of uh, Saber's Discord channel, uh, tune in for... Uh, if this episode is posted by then, uh, it's going to be either Saturday the 28th or Sunday the 29th. I will be teaming up with friend of the podcast, Genotox, and we will be doing the legendary Bible Blackstream. Oh shit! <laughs> it's, oh, it's happening, degenerates! Oh my it's god, it's happening! Uh, and we need more people to come in for that because we we need to pull the corpse party effect on it and get people voice acting. Oh so. god! Oh, amazing! 
And and right. yes, Saber, you don't need to ask. You can be Sayaki. Oh no. <laughs> Anyways, this has been uh, Cat. I hate you. Um, yeah. you know where to find me. Everybody get <laughs> fucked. And go out and cast your votes. The corn needs your support. Corn, 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 corn. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait one second. I think. Hold on. Let me see this real quick. No, that's that's full. Uh, I think Renzi has something to say real quick. Poo poo, poo poo, kaka, poo poo, gaga. Thanks, Renzi.